0: This episode is brought to you by the Oscars. Hollywood's biggest night is almost here. Tune in Sunday, March 12th to celebrate the best movies of the year at the 95th Oscars, hosted by Jimmy Kimmel, who will take home the gold. Watch Sunday, March 12th on ABC. To find out how to watch wherever you are, go to Oscars.org.
1: We gotta make sure that Bill WD40 can get in there to lube us on in for tonight's show because you always want to go in nice and smooth. Truth Entertainment, good to see you. Pam Smith, thank you for coming on in. Tim Ratcliffe, welcome to SOR Chat. And uh, Mr. Brian Bowden, a man of 8,888 podcasts. Reptilian Overlord, thank you for joining us. And Sparkles, nice to see you. Annie Svensson, good to have you back. And who else do we have? Hi, Sandra. Hi, Sandra. Hi, Sandra. Sovereign Farts, fart hard, buddy. Fart hard, buddy. Uh, Richard Minnick, thank you for coming on in as we continue on with Roll Call, see if we can get it all in. Hides in Long Grass, been a while. Tesno Terror, welcome to the SOR chat from Cape Cod. And Vash the Impaler, nice to have you here, man. And uh, Rick Roland, nice to see you. And uh, let's see here, Raz, nice new picture. Derek Galloway, good to have you here, man. And horns up, let's rock. Hey, hey. mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world ten percent happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them. On our website, a power show of awesomeness tonight, researcher, explorer, Brian Bowden is here. The man also owns about 11,000 different podcasts, and I'm not even joking on that. Then in hour number three, we're going to head to the swamp. And then in the UFO report, Tim Sinor returns along with our good friend, Random Guy, in overtime on YouTube. Let's get right to the monster talk, shall we? Brian Bowden has been long on the chase of the paranormal. He is a multifaceted researcher, and his own experiences with ghosts, cryptids like Dogman and Sasquatch, along with UFOs and ET contact, have led him down a path of learning and understanding but more importantly, trying to help others find the answers to their own questions. This is a topic Brian lives each and every single day while he's recording his 11,000 podcasts that he broadcasts all over the world. And You you think I'm joking about the podcast. Literally, every new day he's starting a new one. I don't know why, I don't know how, but uh, my good friend Brian Bowden, how you doing, buddy?
2: Uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I am I'm just have five minutes between those podcasts, Dave. I'm doing good. I'm hanging in there, doing good. Um, working on a lot of uh, different research, writing. So hopefully there'll be a book out there soon. Um, and with someone that's very familiar with your show, The Cryptid Guru.
1: I love The Guru. Um,
2: yeah, so I'm good. Hanging in there. It's good to be back on SOR, and I'd like to say hello to everybody that's out there. I could use that Reiki too, by the way.
1: Yeah, but I need—I kind of need, right? <laughs> I, I need you for the show. You know, it's I, no problem. I, I'm not one of these guys. Like, I can re- do Reiki, but I—I uh—I can't do it on myself. It doesn't work for me.
2: No, you can No, it doesn't work. It just gets you even more pissed. Um, uh, <laughs> so it doesn't work at oh, all.
1: Oh, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. No, I—I've—I've I've had a tough 24 hours. And I'm going to keep this one a little personal uh, on it. But, you know, sometimes, you, you, you know, I think we all get there in life. And we just throw our hands up and we just say, Calgon, take me away. <laughs> remember those commercials back in the day? Calgon, take me away. Oh, I remember that. Well, apparently they took Calgon away. But, uh, you know, the the whole idea is, you know, sometimes life just, you know, you, you wanted to throw you uh, incense and peppermints, and instead it throws you, uh, you know, air from East Palestine or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. <laughs> so
2: oh oh, I know exactly what you're saying, actually. Right? Yeah. So, that's 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 insane. Um, that's really insane. What's going
1: on down there? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I feel, yeah. God bless those people, and I hope uh, everybody's doing good down there, or at least the best that they can. But it's uh, all over it world right now oh. so
2: so many different places but you know uh, speaking of that and speaking of space that radio um i don't know if you saw the map that the bigfoot mapping uh, project put out no i have not and i'm gonna try to find it and, uh, and i'll send it to you um they put out a map of the affected area and in relationship to our our very big uh, tall big guy with a lot of hair um, it's going to affect them dramatically because it's going all the way down, basically the Appalachian Mountains. And there's there's a big concern with um, what's taking place regarding that, because the water is poisoned. Basically, the plants are poisoned, the ground, everything's poisoned. So, what happens to these these creatures that actually are forest dwellers? Oh, where yeah. do they go? What do they do? Oh, I hear you.
1: I hear you. I hear you very loud and clear, and it's something that we all got to, you know, send some positive intentions over. And believe it or not, I I don't care what anybody says. I think uh, positive intentions really do help. I've had them help me, and, uh, you know, it's just something that we need to push on out there for all those who are struggling out there right now. Hey, Brian. Yes, sir. Our audience is always growing and it would only be fair for us to reintroduce you. I mean, you're an experiencer, you're an explorer, you're a researcher, you're a podcaster. I mean, you were all in when it comes to this subject of cryptids, monsters, UFOs. I mean, how did it all start for you?
2: It's, I mean, for, for my age group, <laughs> it started with Leonard Nimoy and In Search Of. Um, we didn't have as much information back in the 70s that we have now. And I was into monster movies and sci-fi and anything that In Search of put on there, you know, Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, you name voodoo, everything. Um, on top of that, it was every... My my father worked for Wide World Photos. He was a professional photographer, but he, he sold photos. He became the paparazzi. And he'd bring me home all those... You know, world-renowned photos of, of all these Bigfoot casts on the ground and UFOs all over the place and um, and Loch Ness Monster. And then I would talk with my friends with it, you know, and show it off. And it's just, it grew from there to the point where I was able to actually get out of my house and drive places, and then I started investigating things. So it's just, it was a natural progression. I've been investigating for long time <laughs> 45 plus years um and um it just keeps getting you you start in an investigation at one point you have an idea or a theory and then you have an experience and then you got to you know reassess what what's going on and everything's changed dramatically but i think i'm in the right zone right now been dealing a lot with all these subjects i'm boots on the ground I'm not the armchair guy that sits there and watches uh, whatever TikTok or or any of these other videos, whatever junk's being posted on YouTube, Um, you know, like all these sci-fi things. I'm actually out in the field. I'm interviewing people. Um, I'm going places that most people won't in the forest for a couple of days just sitting there, really not comfortable spots. And that's what you do to try to get answers. I want answers. So when I get them, I share them with everybody.
1: You know what? One of the things that we should bring up, and I don't want to spend a lot of time sure. on this, okay? But you know, you're a guy who deals into a lot of conspiracy theory, so I am going to ask your opinion on this. <laughs> All right, but I'm going to ask you to be careful because of our radio audience I and the FCC. Very, stand. very Seated careful, DJ. But on, at nearly the same time. The United States government and the Canadian government have announced that they are banning every all government employees from having TikTok on their phones. Yep. To me, I have TikTok on my phone, but if you read the guidelines, and Joe Rogan did a great job at breaking this down. Whether you love Joe Rogan or hate him, that's irrelevant.
2: Well, I, I like Joe.
1: Okay, but he did a great job that... Uh, and I'm going to recommend this to everybody in our in our chat room and our listener. Go read the terms and conditions of TikTok. <laughs> it is scary. Now, believe it or not, we all think Facebook is the bad guy, and Mark Zuckerberg. And trust me, I mean, you know, he's he's it's like scary too. Yeah, but he Mark Zuckerberg's got like that Tucker Carlson type face that you just want to smack. Okay, <laughs> you 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 do, but this TikTok is very, very dangerous. And the Canadian government and the American government have now, and this isn't conspiracy theory, people. This is actually brand new news.
0: I'm Attorney General Lynn Fitch. My office is leading a statewide initiative to provide you with the tools to recognize human trafficking. Go to AttorneyGeneralLenFitch.com to learn more. Together, we can be the solution.
1: Built upon
3: a solid foundation of cast iron and steel, the Kubota L-Series tractor is the number one selling compact tractor in the U.S. for over 10 years. Powerful Kubota diesel engine, ease of operation, and your choice of a Kubota gear or HST transmission. The durable Kubota L-Series. Talk to your local Kubota dealer today to schedule a demo. Go to
1: KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer.
3: Parrish Tractor, Kubota elite dealer. On the web at ParrishTractor.com.
1: News that is coming down in mainstream yep okay that they are banning it because the chinese government which owns tiktok is using the ip addresses phone numbers facial recognition voice recognition every app you go on the chinese government now has access to through and you gave it to them by signing up for TikTok, and like I said, I am literally about to probably take TikTok off of my phone, even though they've already got my stuff. Okay, but it is scary. What's your thoughts on this, Brian?
2: Well, um, being a guy that used to be and I, you know, dealing with a lot of IT and technology, um, anything that comes out of China is controlled by the CCP. So it's not a freeware, and um, we don't know what their intentions are. It's never been. In general, the Chinese people are great people. It's their government that's the problem, and we don't know where they're going with it. I agree it is a spy tool, 100%. It's a very addictive spy tool for many people, but currently there's a lot of really good information coming out on it. That's one of the few sources left of valid information and the fact that governments want to ban it is another way of quelling really good information from flowing. I understand their, their process. Um, they could just, you know, someone needs to come out. If someone wants to make a lot of money, they can come up with a TikTok alternative, you know, or tick tack, you know, whatever the hell you want to call it, since it's a UFO thing. Um, and create the same type of, of of model and just do the same thing, but I kind of agree with what the government wants to do. But I also don't want to lose access to information that you would not be getting in any other form. They don't really ban you. Um, they don't really, you know, put you in a jail. I've, I'm I'm king of the Facebook jail. I'm very very careful now what I'm posting because. There is another podcast coming, and I got to be able to have to, to post it. So, but I agree with you. Um, what's the damage is done? What else are we going to get from you?
1: Well, I, I agree with you. It's just it's scary how you know I, we were talking about this uh, behind the scenes just a couple of weeks ago that I, I think it's we're coming up to that point where very quickly we could see TikTok banned from North America, and that I
2: think you see tic- yeah it's going to be banned globally actually. People are already shutting it down where you can't have it. They'll pull it from your, you know, you're going to wake up one day and instead of having a new YouTube album on your phone, you'll have no TikTok. And they have the power to do that. Yes, they do. And if they if they feel it's that much of a danger, then so be it. I know people work in government. They're not allowed to go into any type of secure facility with a cell phone, no matter what's on it. So, you know, just have them uh, pull it. People go in an uproar, and uh that'll be that, you know. Um There'll be an alternative. There's there's other alternatives. But my
1: God man, what about all the influencers? What are they gonna do for influencing? <laughs> you know, um
2: my my kids use the uh, use TikTok a lot and they do a lot of dance stuff with it, but and my youngest follows this these jokes things that are just not right for anybody kind of like the truly tasteless jokes when we were growing up but um you know the information that's coming through now and i've been seeing this for a while it is so old they're recycling like and especially in the cryptid and paranormal ring. i mean they're recycling stuff that's like 15 years old oh, as I new like oh, this just happened no it didn't <laughs> no, it didn't.
1: That's all right. I, I I found out there's one TikToker out there that is using portions of my interviews with with people in order, and, and this guy is getting like fifty, sixty thousand hits of video, and he's using spaced out radio uh, clips. Wow, and, yeah,
2: that's and m- I and our <laughs> TikTok has like <laughs> seven
1: hundred people on it. It's like, come on.
2: Well, I, I mean, um, I don't know. Is it a young face to the person that's doing it, male or female? No, there
1: is no face.
2: There is no face. It just, just, is, I don't know, get out there and TikTok. Or, I mean, you could do what you you should do is just cease and desist, but I don't know if they'll stop and they'll just go someplace else and try to do it again. Or get them on the show and say, how did you find our show? And, and you know,
1: work with them. It always comes down to a catch-22. Because yep. this stuff really, really upsets me because our show is copyright. And if somebody, and all, all, for, for anybody out there, if you want to use a part of, here's the secret. If you want to use a part of Spaced Out Radio, whether it's in a documentary or on TikTok or whatever, ask permission. Dave, yep. Dave never says no. Never. Not only ask
2: permission, but link back. Link back. Tell your audience, listen, this is a great show. you got to go subscribe to it. And that's, and that's a fair play right there. Yeah. You know? Um, you can do what everybody else does, like Lars from Metallica, <laughs> and just fight them, you know, untalented yeah, Lars. You yeah, see, I said when, that. <laughs> when
1: you were, but when you were a growing entity, like Spaced Out Radio is, and you see somebody who has you in a video, or in one of their videos one of your clips in that video and it's got 50,000 yeah. hits you, it makes you think okay if i if i go complain about this guy that's it's 50 be, that's 50,000 yeah. people who will not see this show
2: that's why i always tell them you you, you should contact that person embrace that person listen yeah, it's legal, but I like what I like, kind of like what you're doing. Let's work together here. Yeah, you know, absolutely. get your guys to come back, and we'll. That's a fair swap for me. You know, if you get ten percent, it's still it's a nice number, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, you get twenty percent. Um, just you know, link them back to me. Just link back to Sor. Link back to all that. I had somebody who I did an interview with, and um, it was a long interview. It was like a three parter because. It was, it was over six hours, like seven hours of interview. And I figured, you know, people can't digest that. Max is really two hours on, on most things. Your show is great because you can break it into three segments, which is awesome, okay? But my, this show, it, it's a lot of information. So I broke it up into three digestible parts. Well, this person took it upon themselves to take my videos, edit out what they, you know, whatever, put them all together in, in what they called the better format – Upload it to YouTube and then put their own damn brand on it.
1: Yes. I and have I was like no we pull have it down we have that happening on BitChute right now or Rumble, one of those two. Where oh. where some some Russian uh guy is is literally uh taking every one of our live shows for the three hours and really and putting it on Rumble. Yeah. So we're just in the process of behind the scenes getting all our social media set up properly. And, right. and, uh, once that happens, we'll be, we'll be reporting them, but
2: yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta get your ducks in a row before you do it, but, um, oh, yeah, yeah this, this is, this is the way of the world. You know, it's, it's, it started with, it started with, uh, what was that? The, the streaming one where you could pull down everything. I forgot the name of it. Um, the music streaming and everybody was taking stuff. But it was like you said, sharing. I mean, in, back in the day, we didn't have the digital format, so you'd bar- borrow someone's album and you'd record it. What there's no difference in that, really. But now it's like this is everybody does video, and this is you know, you, it's all trademark. It's it's copyrighted. Oh, yeah. It's your product.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Hey, we got about four and a half minutes before we have to go to break, and yes, yeah, we got to start getting into some monster talk here because I know at We're the wrong. bottom of the hour, there's a brand new weird photo that was put out by the president of mexico see about this <laughs> about this cryptid that he believes he's got photographs of and we're going to get into that momentarily but you know every time i think of mexico my friend all i think about is chupacabra i don't think of the, you know maybe the odd pterodactyl all right but I've never heard of these ones before. And like I said, we'll get to them at the bottom of the hour. But it really goes to show that the cryptids are everywhere.
2: Oh, more so. Oh, more so. Cryptids and want to call them uh, the fae. Fairies. I wouldn't say elemental, more fae related. Mystical creatures, sprites. They're really big right now. Everywhere, globally. And it's it's really insane what's going on. Um, Yeah, I like the Mexico one because uh, the president of Mexico is the one that reported it. Yes, and he may have, pardon the expression, hurt himself. I was going to use a different word (laughs) uh, in the process because you're not supposed to do these things. What he's done, you're not supposed to reveal, unless you get permission from the the Luxa Luxo. I think that's the name of it. Al. Alexa, Alexa, Alexa. I don't know. Alexa, is it Alexa? Alexa, Alexa, Alexa. That's it. Alexa. Um, That that folklore goes back to Mayan time, and if you don't do the right offerings to that creature, if you don't um, really look out for that creature, what happens? They will ruin you. They will destroy you. They'll go after you. They go after you.
3: Start your future at Eastern Shipbuilding Group and begin a new career that offers long-term financial stability, increased wages, bonuses with full benefits. Eastern Shipbuilding, located on the world's most beautiful beaches in Panama City, Florida, has been committed to producing the highest quality vessels for our customers for over 40 years. Now hiring first-class ship fitters, welders, electricians, pipe fitters, and many more. Offering a relocation bonus and the potential to exceed $80,000 or more for most of our top craft positions with incentive bonuses and overtime. Apply at Eastern Shipbuilding Hey everybody, Steve Azar here. I've got quite the apparel collection that I can't wait to share with you. From microfleece pullovers to athletic polos and caps, my signature outerwear will have you stepping out in style. Play at Pearl River Resort Fridays and Saturdays in March, earn 200 base points, and get my signature apparel. It's always no work and all play at Pearl River Resort. See y'all soon. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Out only in Mississippi. Must be 21 or older to play.
2: Your food, your crops, your home, they will make your life a living hell. And that is typical of a woodland creature that are now seen, I mean, this has been seen um, globally, I mean, you get it in the British Isles, you know, Ireland and wherever. The, the, the rumor is, the, the, people are bringing up pirates because a lot of the pirates came from the you know United Kingdom before it was united. And a lot of them had these folklores of fairies and mystical woodland creatures in there. And they're everywhere, but this is based off of that. Even the Spaniards that co- came over and conquered certain areas of the world Talk about the same type of uh, uh, mischievous creature that would go in, and you have to appease them by making them offerings. Usually, there's tobacco involved, um, possibly a liquor. And if, in this case, in, in the Mexican case, if you are, if they, you ask them for favor by giving them offerings, and they will bless you with good tidings. Um, something that's very important about this, and you may not have known about it a bunch of years ago they were they were building a stage they had a whole thing set a concert stage set up for elton john and what happened was everything went crazy everything fell apart because they were told you need to make an offering under the uh, under the stage for this creature and they blew it off like as you know oh yeah whatever you know, this is all fake, ta- you know, fairy tale stuff. Well, <laughs> um, they didn't do it. Things didn't go right. And eventually they did do something and things started working out. Is it, you know, is it magic that it happened that way? I think there is something to these elementals that do come and visit. Um, and I think it's not just fairy tale or folklore. I think there is a basis of these, these creatures being here and they have a variety of different tasks and they do what they do. But this one is pretty interesting because it's a lot larger in the what well, seems a lot larger in the photograph that was published than what you would normally see like a, a sprite or a brownie maybe maybe three feet tall. You know, some of them are knee high like a foot and a half tall. And I've seen a couple of great videos of these uh, of of elves or woodland creatures you would you wouldn't even know they blend in better than bigfoot
1: brian and it's amazing to see it brian i'm gonna get you to hold on right there because we are going to go to break here at the bottom of the hour what did the mexican president see and release about the cryptid world we're going to get into that with brian bowden the man who hosts 4,982 podcasts simultaneously next on spaced out radio Hold on. From Ornskoldsvik, Sweden. Wearing yeah. Peter Forsberg's old number twenty one. Starting at left wing. Uh where, where is he? That's Jorgen Johansson. Love okay. V Love, how you doing? Uh Dutch Hank, how are you? Uh yes.
2: All right, so somebody say burn some sage. I don't think they do the burning of the sage because that, that's kind of like a repellent more so.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: but uh, they definitely, it's tobacco. Um, it's I, sweets. Hi lily pond. And, you know, a bunch of the different lily pond. That's a great name. Mm-hmm.
1: My favorite yeah, name in the to- audience, no offense to anybody, is dry toast. Best name on YouTube. <laughs> dry toast.
2: Dry toast is nice. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, I'm watching some of the chat in here, and I can't really chat with anything. This is the one thing I wish they would change about this platform. Not you, Dave, but mm-hmm. there should be as a guest, you should be able to chat with some of the. I know. You know,
1: I I yeah. don't know why they they haven't done that yet. You know, the other issue that I have is there's no proper green room you know, where you could chat, you know, like, so if we're on commercial break to go in behind the scenes, you know.
2: Right. There is one on the upgraded version. It's the business version, but I'm not paying that kind of money. Now, if I was making that kind of money, yeah, I could pay it, and then we can move on, but it's not not worth it otherwise.
1: Thank you, West Coast, for that amazing super chat. Look at this. Look at this. Didn't even know he was there. Dry toast. Dry toast. There best, is. best name on YouTube, right there. Dry That's toast. Awesome. God, I love that name, Steve Wolf. How you doing? Good to see you.
2: Hey, this is great. I'm I'm saying hello to everybody in chat. I can see you Marlena. coming up with the, with the chat stuff, but mm-hmm. at this point, um, I don't want to screw with my Wi-Fi and my internet to tap into it. Otherwise, you know, I'll fade into the oblivion.
1: Oh, there's Nicole Sackage. And there she is, Mr. Cowley. Oh, Welcome back to the show. Oh, oh, Mr. Cowley loves his spaced out radio. God, that's nice.
2: That what? is good. It's unfortunate about Ozzy, you know. I know. Quits.
1: How about Mick Mars? That one slid in under the.
2: No. Not if you know the degenerative disease. Oh, I know he has. that. It's I, I know arthritis that. all over.
1: I'm telling I mean, you right now. I'm surprised that they chose Johnny F- Johnny Five to replace him because DJ Ashba, formerly of Guns N' Roses and of Six AM, which is Nikki Six's band, he right. he was allegedly supposed to be the replacement on a couple of albums which Mick couldn't perform on, and. Um, um, and yeah. I'm really surprised they didn't go with him, unless his wife didn't allow him, because he's all about GDM now—Guitar Dance Music—that stands for instead of EDM, Electric Ugh. Dance. Yeah. So, so
2: I'm, I, I, I kind of want to like John Five, but I don't. And he does a really great job mimicking and and playing everything like the record and you know on the guitar thing, but I really haven't heard anything that's.
1: Well, I mean, he, really, he, maybe, he
2: you know, other I'm, than someone else's stuff.
1: Well, I mean, he is an he's an amazing guitarist. He really one hundred percent. Steve Wolf, how did, but you I, doing?
2: I want, I want to hear more music from him, his own music. Verpine, how know? you doing?
1: Oh, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Big Tex, how you doing, buddy? Uh, there, I just there's I, there's I was just really show. surprised they didn't go uh, that they didn't go with DJ Ashba. I really am because Ashba has been a major, major crew fan since he was a teenager. You know, what's funny is uh, uh, they were interviewing 6 a.m. one day and they were asking Nikki Six, who was your favorite band? And he's like, whatever, or first concert. And he goes, you know, something on the seventies and uh, they go to uh, uh, Barry Manila. No, they go to the singer. I forget his name. What was your first concert? He says, blah, blah, blah. And, they go to DJ Ashba. Oh, what was your first concert? Motley Crew.
2: There you go. <laughs> you know, yeah, it, it, but I know that I know that Nikki Six and um, John Five have been you know like hanging a bit because they're all in that LA scene right there.
1: Yeah. Well, um, I, I got a buddy of mine who's good friends with DJ Ashba and Nikki Six. I'm gonna I'm gonna text him here.
2: Uh, I got, I gotta be honest. I've I've watched, <laughs> I've watched the. Um, the bad lip-syncing lip, lip syncing for, yeah. um, what's his 15 name? 15 seconds. Yeah, for the, the lead singer of... Oh, uh, oh, of Vince Be- Neil. Oh, Vince Neil, yeah. The butter.
1: Oh, oh God. <laughs> Hold on, guys. Uh, we're going to go in. Thank you, Vaughn, Lara, Louis, Stephen, NorCal, West Coast, and Dry Toast for the Super Chats. Here we go. second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. I want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davy the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is SpacedOutRadio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Brian Bowden is a researcher, experiencer, explorer of the unknown in the cryptid world. He has had interactions with Sasquatch, Dogman, UFOs, aliens, ghosts. This man has been there, seen it, and done it all with these. Cryptid creatures and he is filling in for lawn strickler who is ailing right now and hopefully we'll be back for next month if not it'll be brian once again uh this is strange days we do this show near the end of each month brian thank you so much for joining us
2: oh it's my pleasure you know i'm there for you whenever you know and when, when it was butch you know having his situation i i jumped in no problem um it's it's a butch's boots are very hard to fill and Lon's a great guy, and, is, and I wish him well, um, but I'm, I'm always here for you. You know that.
1: Appreciate that, Brian. Hey, I, I want to set up this story here. Sure. And for if you're watching on YouTube or on Twitch, you'll be able to see this. But this is a strange, strange story, my man, that is uh, coming up. Start your future at Eastern Shipbuilding Group and begin a new career that offers
3: long-term financial stability, increased wages, bonuses with full benefits. Eastern Shipbuilding, located on the world's most beautiful beaches in Panama City, Florida, has been committed to producing the highest quality vessels for our customers for over 40 years. Now hiring first-class ship fitters, welders, electricians, pipe fitters, and many more. Offering a relocation bonus and the potential to exceed $80,000 or more for most of our top craft positions with incentive bonuses and overtime. Apply at Eastern Shipbuilding For when you want your front lawn to feel more like a welcome mat, the new Kubota Z200 is built to cut like a pro, to cut quickly, to turn on a dime, to control with effortless precision, and it's built to get the job done right. Fast cut, Kubota quality, affordable price. The new Kubota Z200. Visit your local Kubota dealer today. Lee Tractor Company of Mississippi, Mississippi's elite Kubota deal, on the web at LeeTractor.net.
1: Up here, and this is Mexican President, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, has taken a photo, or shared a photo, of the mythological woodland Alex, Alex spelled A. A L U X. He put it on social media. This is a small elf from Mayan folklore. It was reportedly taken at the Mayan Train Project just recently, and it is absolutely tripping out the president here of Mexico. I mean, let's, you know, if we take a look at this, it's this creature with white hair, white glowing eyes, sitting up in a tree, and. The body is hard to tell, but you can definitely tell that it's got fantastic hair. In- it does. Incredible it hair. Has like it, it reminds hair. me of my hair before I cut it. Just that beautiful. Yeah. But, I mean, this is weird. What is an Alex, Brian?
2: It, it's a spirit. It's basically an elf. It's very reminiscent of what you get back in the Celtics area, you know, Ireland. Um, these things are... They're, They're responsible for certain tests. Some of them are house-related. Some of them are growing. Some of them just uh, protect your property. Others are just very mischievous. They just love to, um, you know, mess around with you. It's like an elf and a leprechaun in the same instance. But with these, um, they don't normally show their presence to anybody. They don't take form unless they want to mess with you or protect you. And the fact that he caught this being in a, in a tree um, one is very interesting in Mexico, right by the project. And two, I kind of, it doesn't hurt to follow some of the folklore of what people would label peasants because a lot of times it comes to be true. Um, Like I said before, you know, Elton John was in um, doing a show in 2010 and they didn't, appease they were told you need to appease this this creature the Alex and they said nah we're not gonna do it they didn't didn't bother didn't believe in it and the stage collapsed and there were other shows um where um some of the other performers I think it was um uh Placido Domingo and there was a couple other people they heated it and they they left uh, wine and honey and you know and they asked for permission to do it another instance was when they were building another roadway throughout the country it was a project at one point um, they were they were plagued with all these different problems especially over a bridge area it kept on collapsing the steel would break everything would just fall apart and what happened is they built a little shack like a little house And um, we're talking about a small house. Like, you know, it really doesn't have to be really that big. It's small. And they made an appeasement there. They put wine there and honey and chocolate and liquor. And they said, you know, and that the Alex took it, apparently, and everything was fine. And they protected the project. So with him going there, this this is the president's pet project. He's doing a train that cuts across the country. He should have known better. He's an older gentleman. He should have known better. There's a lot of folklore, and I know a lot of people like to discredit it, but it doesn't hurt you to, to put out a pack of cigarettes for these things to make sure your project goes. What is it in Iceland? I believe it is. They have the fairy rings. They reroute roads because of these beings. Right. It's, and they really take it seriously.
1: So- well, I was just reading on uh, on uh, on Andre Manuel's Twitter account, okay, and apparently this image that he released today was taken in 2021 or older, like, but not much older. And uh, that was taken in context to a, a a stone figure that was carved into one of the yep. uh, pyramid sides by the Mayans to kind of show that these trolls in a, or these entities uh, are out there somewhere.
2: Right. And um, I was going to talk about this. So I sent you some photos of this. And I did a little couple different photos with it. But if you really look at this, there is something very odd if you can get a better look at the bottom of the feet it it's not normal feet they're weird shaped it's almost it, it's almost as if they don't have the five digits they should have it's it's not normal it doesn't look normal and the way it grips on it doesn't look normal also if you look at the face of this thing and there is this distinct like a bigger a bigger cheek area and like a longer nose which is they used to have a product way back when called trolls. Remember them? And they, yes. you know, they would have this, the long hair and everything. And kids would like, oh, I want this one or whatever. It looks like that, um, and it's, I, I mean, who the heck is going to go on top of a tree like this? And it doesn't seem to be a, a very big entity. Um, it's just, it's just bizarre. So even if it was taken in 2021 I'm wondering if you will come forward and tell what appeasements were made you know in order to you know appease it I mean did did they did they actually give a tobacco offering or something did they build a hut to make sure the project goes cuz this is his pet project cutting through a lot of sacred land and if this creature is not happy with you it's not going to work out in your favor, you know, but it's weird. I'm thinking if you took that good hair and you put it up straight up, it would look very reminiscent of the, the card figures and the Mayan card figures. I think they 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 put, post it on Twitter. They put them by, side by side and it looks just like it looks like one of those trolls, really funky hair. All the way up the bun.
1: It reminds me of in your description and research into this creature. Reminds me of what First Nations up here in Canada and the U.S. Uh, claim to be little people. Yes, they're, well, they're tricksters, they're hoaxsters. They they have connections to the underworld. That if if you upset them, they will seek revenge on you. You know, but then again, they can also help you in some of your worst of times if you have been good to them.
2: Right. Um, again, it's like the leprechaun, right? So a leprechaun is a trickster. Um, you know, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. They're not the nicest things in the planet. And they've made a couple of movies about it. Great horror movies. Ooh, the leprechaun. But it's very reminiscent. If they don't like you, they will seek revenge. And in the in the world of the elemental, revenge is death. Ultimately, that w- that's that's the course that's going to take place. You know, it's going to be bad, and it's not just going to be bad for one person. It's like if you have a family living in a home, the whole home is going to start getting sick, or or uh, diseases, or disfigurements. The crops are going to fail. You're going to lose your job. Whatever it is, they make sure it happens, and again we're talking about something that's supposed to be a legend and a folklore but but here we see it this being in a tree there's no there's no advantage for the president to put this out so there's something to this and that's why you, you know sometimes when you see the folklore and you hear the stories you know once upon a time or whatever um there's a lot of truth to it a lot of that the, the fairy tales have a basis in some Form of truth. Someone saw these things because, and I say this because, if you go and you look at one of those old maps where you see the um, the mermaids on it, and then you see the the the, the big uh, octopus or whatever, or these really fantasy creatures with wings, and your horses with wings, Pegasus, dragons. Why is it that if you go and look at all the different cultures, they all have this very similar? Description of the same type of animals in similar locations, if not the same location. There wasn't an internet back then, and and it wasn't like you know you had people from Iceland really you know like oh I'm I'm just going to go to Japan for a few days, and then they talk about dragons and they come back you know there's something to this. People are seeing things. It's not just a delusion. It's not just you know lack of food or water. They're witnessing it, and they're—they're they're, the best way to witness and mark and and have some form of history is always been in a picture. Look at the pictographs that that litter the Southwest and around the world, within caves like that French cave where, where you know they painted all the horses and the strange creatures. That is the equivalent of writing it down. It's an eyewitness account of what they saw outside. This is incredible, though. I want more information on this. I'm willing to go to Mexico.
1: Oh, hey, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. There's no sharks where this thing is, so I'm good. I am totally no, no, no sharks.
2: Uh-huh. Everything in Mexico can kill you, though, but there's no. Oh, sharks. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Right.
2: Yeah. And you're yeah. not supposed to bring up this 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 creature's name. You're not supposed to say this name. This is what it's like with many of these type of creatures. Yeah, well let's other, talk about yeah.
1: that. That's an that's yeah. an interesting point because you know like a lot of first nations people say you're not supposed to bring up the Wendigo. You're not supposed right. to say the S word which stands for skinwalkers because they yep. can they could pop in and and start doing their damage uh very very quickly. I mean there's a lot of these out there man.
3: Start your future at Eastern Shipbuilding Group and begin a new career that offers long-term financial stability, increased wages, bonuses with full benefits. Eastern Shipbuilding, located on the world's most beautiful beaches in Panama City, Florida, has been committed to producing the highest quality vessels for our customers for over 40 years. Now, hiring first-class ship fitters, welders, electricians, pipe fitters, and many more. Offering a relocation bonus and the potential to exceed $80,000 or more for most of our top craft positions with incentive bonuses and overtime. Apply at easternship building.com this is it this is the year enough dreaming about growing my business online it's time to get serious about selling in my style as big as i want to grow because there's nothing i can't do it's time to get shopify and take my business to the next level whoa someone's ready to take on the new year oh oh i thought i was talking to myself there But heck yeah, twenty twenty-three is my year. That's not your average resolution. That's a revolution.
0: It's It's a a new New year's Year's revolution.
2: there's a lot of them um, I'll, I'll let you know. uh we were doing an investigation upstate in New York and there was a bunch of us at, at this one facility and one of the guys mentioned um, he was former uh, air force guy i believe mm-hmm. he goes uh, there's you know there's this whole air force tunnels underneath the ground over here and like all these old bunkers that they're, they're you know they haven't used them for, for decades and actually in one point where we were there were nuclear silos but there were you know, we were thinking about, Hey, let's go down and, you know, we'll do an investigation there. And he suggested I was like, yeah, that's not a bad idea. Well, we didn't tell our psychic. Our psyche actually is out of Arkansas. And, um, and, <laughs> um, my buddy Al, he gets a call the next day. Where the hell, are you You know, he, she's, she's like, where the hell are you going? What are you doing? What's this investigation? Said, what are you talking about? Like, you're not going there. He's like, what are you talking about? You you you're going to go some tunnels or whatever? He goes, yeah. How did you know about that? She's psychic. She picked up on on what we were we were discussing. She got visited in the middle of the night that night. The same night we, they were talking about that night, she got visited. She was in the tunnel. She was in that chamber. And she came across this thing that went right in her face and told them, do not come here. And she said it was the most horrifying, scariest thing she's ever experienced. She got up at 3.30 in the morning and salted her entire property. And she said, when she was describing this, like, what do you, what, what? She said it was, it had horns. It was just nasty. It smelled terrible. So we we started sending her pictures and we sent her a picture of a, of a Wendigo and a Skinwalker. She goes, and with, it's like Windigo, boom. You know, the Skinwalker Windigo thing, boom, that was it. And it scared the living crap out of her. So we never went back. I mean, if you're being advised in certain things, look, we, we like to find the answers. We like going places and we kind of hedge our bets. But if you're told by someone who's been 99.999% accurate with everything you're doing, don't go there because you're going to get a problem. You don't go and and i don't I hardly ever mention those names as an appeasement to the the elders that have come before me in relationship to that i'll I'll discuss it I have ways of discussing it without mentioning it. I'll draw something with an antler's and you know and it says it begins with aw, and they know exactly what you're talking about. they won't they don't want you to say it, but I've talked to a couple of people that I know locally about them like Like, what's the deal with that and they just they just come out of nowhere and they're not nice and they 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 flesh-eating cannibalistic whatever you want to call it it is just not nice matter of fact when i was saying there's a lot of weird things going on one of the big things being seen throughout this country a lot now and the world are what you would call skinwalkers these are individuals who basically have done the most god awful rituals and rites necrophilia the whole i mean it's just disgusting what they have to do to get to the stage where you're this ultimate witch black magic where you can transform yourself and they they people are seeing these things that the way they act the way they move um they look like humans. Sometimes they look like deer, but deer with their heads, like, you know, cracked. And they're just, it's, they come out of nowhere. It's insane what's going on. Um, great, great. Uh, There's a great video these guys took. It's probably made the rounds. You you all have probably seen it, but they're like, hey, buddy, you, you have a problem? You can hear it in the voice. It sounds like one of those, you know, like that guttural you know, grunting. Oh, yeah. And it's just not right. This guy's, like, on, just standing there, just doesn't look right, looks out of his gourd like he's, you know, I don't know, been smoking crystal meth for the last five days straight. <laughs> and when he when he comes, you know, they, they want to know if he's in trouble. They're being good guys. And this thing looks like a man. It goes down on all fours and kind of crawls up, up this embankment to go greet him, and they just took off. They want out. I mean, it's just not natural. That's one. Re- I mean, that there's reports of them all along. They're on the Appalachian Trail, usually uh, Southern, you know, from like the North Carolinas down. There's been a couple of different reports. I've been hearing from a couple of people within the states like, yeah, you know, there, there's a lot of skinwalkers. People are describing these things like skinwalkers. They look like men or humans. And then they're just acting funny, and then the next thing you know, here's the key. They see a wolf that just pops up, and a wolf runs away. Part of the Skinwalker legend is that you are able to transform yourself into other animals. It's usually a wolf, but sometimes it'll be a hawk. It'll be a um, deer or an elk or whatever suits you for that area. And they're they're not up to good. There's... Um, great example um actually out of canada dave a bunch of years ago on the greyhound bus i forgot the gentleman's name but they were traveling to winnipeg um was it winnipeg it
1: was i remember
2: i remember when that i literally listened to that because a couple of my friends had scanners you know we're listening like what the heck's going on you know whatever there was a couple of little messages here and there you got to check out what's going on this and um they sent us some information. We 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 were listening to a scanning a scanner of this, and you could hear live. Like like the officers had no clue what this guy was doing, but yeah, the a guy a gentleman gets on the bus in Winnipeg, the Greyhound bus, and goes to the I guess the back of the bus, sits down next to another guy who is basically sleeping, and within minutes, he. He st- well, he starts acting very, very strange. Everybody says he smelt like rotten flesh, like decayed flesh. There was something strange about him, black eyes. The next thing you know, he's cut. he cut the head off the guy that that's, he's sitting next to, and he's going berserk, and he's eating pieces of it, and the bus is surrounded by the, the Mounties, and he's holding the head up into the window. I mean, it was just a fiasco. And he doesn't remember any of this stuff. No. And I think it was like last year they he was going to be released or they were he thinking has, about it.
1: He has been released. Oh, that, you he know. has <laughs> been released after his time in a, in a psychiatric institution. And, uh, and he has been released and, and much to the chagrin of uh, people who think Ooh. that when you do that to someone, you might want to spend the rest of your life in prison but yeah, I mean, he's out walking around, but he put, he believed yeah. he was taken over by, I believe, demonic forces. And, and, and it, it's kind of scary.
2: It It's more than, see, we talk, we talk on the show about, you know, real things, you know, UFOs, this cryptids is what, a, there are people that are scarier than all these things. Although I still don't want to be the dog man up, up close and personal again. Um, that's, that's enough. Those things are nasty, but um, this is really, really bizarre because now we're talking about someone who was taken over by something, but we don't know if he was doing a ritual in order to fulfill that. That's basically what takes place with when you're a skinwalker. You are a shaman that well, does bad things.
1: Well, it also is we got about two minutes left here, and this one may sure. take us into the next half hour, Brian. Sir, But but one of the other interesting aspects to this all is when people astral travel or they leave their body at night and all of a sudden they get a hitchhiker spirit that takes Mm -hmm. over their body because their spirit is gone. Now, some people believe that it can't happen, but others believe that they've had their best friends or their partner or their lover or whomever they're sleeping beside wakes up the next morning and and is a completely different person, different tone of voice, different, different actions, you know, maybe gone from left-handed to right-handed, you know, I mean, just strange things that happen like that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. That's called marriage, Dave. (laughs) I'm only joking folks. Just joking. Don't tell my wife. Um, yeah, no, that, that, that definitely does happen. And, see, this is one of the things, like, when, when I do my, what I do, and I do remote viewing, I call it remote viewing. Our psychic for a group says you're a psychic. Help my friends at are remote. No, you're a remote viewer. One of the things you have to do, this is why you have to protect yourself in everything paranormal-related, no matter if you're going in the woods looking for Bigfoot or a dogman or anything, even if you're going camping or you're just going to go for a hike, protect yourself where, you know, if, if you're a religious person, don't just wear the, you know, the crucifix or the star or whatever it is and say, Oh, I'm protected. You know, there's a great movie called fright night. When it first came out with Roddy McDowell, he held up a cross and the, you know, vampire, said, you have to believe you can't just, you know, not believe when you go to bed. A lot of times people used to pray. A lot of people aren't praying anymore. Everybody is now being prayed upon. This is the difference. And when people are so filled with all this chaos and they go into a deep sleep and they they, they leave that, you know, unbeknownst to them, they're opened up. That's when things happen.
1: Brian, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because we are going to uh, take a break here at the top of the hour. Brian Bowden, researcher, explorer, experiencer, man with literally thousands of podcasts each and every night. We're talking monsters on strange days. Brian is filling in for the ailing Lon Strickler from phantomsandmonsters.com. We appreciate Brian every time he comes on in here. Space Out Radio hour two. Coming up next, Hitchhikers. All right, buddy. We're clear. I'm reading Eugene Braxton, <laughs> it,
2: and I think it was him. And then there was another one that said, uh, sometimes my marriage feels like I've been abducted. There. Yeah. Parasolo. Thank you. I get it.
1: <laughs> All yeah. right. I'll let you uh, chat with the audience. I'll, I'm going to take a quick break sure. here. You yeah. got it. Be right back. i got something cool
2: I want to show you. Also, it's going to involve audio and in, in a spectrum. Vegas is full, it's, I hate Vegas. (laughs) I don't really need to go, but I will be there for the SOR. Pray not praying. Yes. You get preyed upon in the wrong way. (laughs) Canadian bacon is actually pretty good, Joe. Um, I I agree, though. It's bound ham. Why not? Viva Las Vegas! Hey, Brian, with an I—that's how my cousin spells his. Really great way to screw the crap out of your your grandparents. <laughs> I'm looking, I'm looking, looking. I know Jay Burke. I agree with you. They didn't need to remake Fright Night. That's all. Nothing original comes out of Hollywood anymore. It's all remakes of, of of great movies that don't need to be remade. Religion ain't gonna save you, but God will. <laughs> no problem, Kira. I don't know. Everybody spells. That's why I don't even use my name when they ask me like what name on the order. I just tell them Bigfoot and they just look at me like like you're gonna spell my name wrong anyhow. It's Bigfoot. What flavor am I vaping? I am vaping um pineapple whip with frozen uh peach. And uh a great company. Um let me find it for you. <laughs> I almost went into making it at one point. Um, But my favorite is from Shinjin Vape. It's called Dragon's Blood. And it's like an apple raspberry that kind of changes here and there um, often. Um, It's really, really good stuff. Very good. It is from... Oh, there. Kilo. Um, Actually, the frozen one is, it's frozen peaches from Shenzhen Vape. Yes, I'm legal age. I think so. And I'm going to hold it up to the camera. No, that's 10% off. Here. Frozen peaches. Shenzhen Vape. There we go. And the other one is um it is from another company called kilo K I L O and it is pineapple whip and this thing is absolutely incredible and i think they deliver everywhere um really good stuff so my 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 phone doesn't want to work. tigers blood is really really good shinjin vape a great great company um if you can get it get it try it i think you will like it and it's s h i j i n is the name vape WAP wap today Um, It depends on what you're talking about With uh, WAP Is it wet something Or (laughs) We're talking vape Dave (laughs) What's that We're talking vape and then someone asked me Canadian bacon and pineapple Actually could work Have you ever tried chocolate covered bacon God's gift to the planet Think about that I forgot who it was. Someone asked me about uh, Grandmaster UV. Asked me, what do you think about WAP?
1: No. No, we're not going there, Gong Show. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's keep it uh, uh, a little bit uh, professional here.
2: Yes, I'm not going to go there.
1: Yeah. My favorite when I vaped was uh, Pineapple Ice. And it's funny. Well, this
2: is. Yeah, I, this I is. I can Pineapple. You can't stand it. This is Kilo. It's a great company, and it's called Pineapple Whip. Yeah. And then if you mix it with the frozen peaches from Shinjin, yeah. it's just, it doesn't dry out. It's just awesome. It's its really good. When, you know, at one point I was, and when I say two packs, I'm not smoking too, it, all, all of them. You have a little bit, you put it down, you know, a little bit. Right. And I went from that. When we were going to have the the first kid to um, two cigarettes in three weeks, I was just about to go Good to zero. You. And then the doctor said, It's a girl. So I read, Give me a pack of cigarettes, please.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. A big thank you to Vaughn, Laura, Louis, Stephen, Norcal, West Coast, and Dry Toast for the amazing super chats. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. I know I'm missing one there. I know I am. Uh, I'll have to go back and check. Uh, and uh, let's remember, Las Vegas coming up. Check the ticker at info at spacedoutradio.com. Here we go. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Here we go with our number two of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate Earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talkstream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight. In the SOR Space Travelers Club. What do you got for us, Clam? Adonius. Adonius is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. Brian Bowden is here, researcher, author, explorer experiencer of the unknown and one of the best guys when it comes to all things cryptid he has like eight thousand eight hundred eighty four podcasts <laughs> going at once and he is filling in for the ailing lawn Strickler on strange days tonight which we do at near the end of each month to talk about the monsters that are among us and Brian thank you so much for joining us you you're very
2: very welcome um it's my pleasure to be here and there was a question about walkers being uh, fallen angels and i don't believe that um fallen angels are for, fallen angels yeah that's just my opinion sorry about that um there's a lot of this that's going on right now throughout the whole um paranormal community where everything becomes um everything's a, a nephilim or or a demon or no <laughs> um demons don't play games uh, fallen Angels sure as heck don't play games, um, you know, and Nephilim are what what they were. That That's it. But I don't believe these creatures are part of that. Actually, I believe uh, a lot of these creatures that we're seeing now, which are like these um, sprites and fairies and elves and what have you, um, are coming because of us playing with uh, the colliders around the globe. And I think what they're doing is... They're ripping, uh, uh, they're ripping up our timeline with another timeline, and when they kind of converge and back together, there's still some cracks in it. And this is where um, I've said this before on your show: the first collider was in in Illinois, and they started up, and just as fast as they started up, they shut it down, and roughly shut it down right when someone came up with. I thought Mandela was dead. And it wasn't. That's where the Mandela effect happens. And every time they ramp up those the collider over there at CERN, we get more and more Mandela effects, and we see more...
3: Start your future at Eastern Shipbuilding Group and begin a new career that offers long-term financial stability, increased wages, bonuses, with full benefits. Eastern Shipbuilding, located on the world's most beautiful beaches in Panama City, Florida, has been committed to producing the highest quality vessels for our customers for over 40 years. Now, hiring first-class ship fitters, welders, electricians, pipe fitters, and many more. Offering a relocation bonus and the potential to exceed $80,000 or more for most of our top craft positions with incentive bonuses and overtime. Apply at Eastern Ship right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial.
2: And more of these flying cryptids, black, you know, you know, red-eyed, like, mothman creatures. Uh, um, Lon talks about the them over in Chicago all the time. Um, black eyed kids. So this is where I think a lot of this is coming from. Cause could, there's an opening be. now.
1: I want to talk to you about, before we get to some audience questions, I want to talk to you about sure. hitchhikers because oh. people who have alien encounters claim that uh, they come back with hitchhiker uh, spirits or ghosts that are attached to them. People who have had Sasquatch encounters or alien encounters or, or even uh, paranormal investigations going back to their house and all of a sudden their kids are seeing ghosts or or their dog is being scared out of its wits you know i mean there's a lot of this happening around with these hitchhikers for people who may not understand what is a hitchhiker
2: so a hitchhiker is a is a is someone who jumps on you or your aura or your essence and comes along with you after an encounter um, it could actually, you can get a hitchhiker, not on a paranormal investigation. You've been going to, um, there's a great story. One of my friends who also investigates this talks about being a bartender. The same guy kept coming into the bar. Didn't, you know, didn't order anything strange comes into the bar again one night. And he has a, She said has a totally different look on his face. He goes shot. No salt. And he was a totally different person. And she knew at that point, this guy got jumped. You didn't want the salt because the salt will get you, you know, that that's a purative, a protective. So you can go to places, you can go on investigations, believe it or not. When you guys go out to these haunted houses, haunted houses, those haunted houses, that energy that's being put out there and it's fun, but there's also a a bit of negativity to it, believe it or not. um, That attracts these type of jumpers and they will jump into you and just go home with you. And basically it's it's almost it's slightly like a possession, but not. They can it can become a full possession if they if it if it goes that route, depending on what's jumping into you. But you mentioned earlier about going to bed. Now, when you go to sleep and you reach a REM state where your eyes are fluctuating, you all everything around you in this world disappears, and you are the closest to like vibrating at a higher frequency and level, and you're opened up. Some people wake up and they are changed, like you were saying, you know, they're they're left-handed versus right-handed or something's different about them. These people are being used as vehicles to come into this realm and this world. What they're doing there, I don't know. Some of them want to do it because they miss it, they're in that ether between Earth and heaven that that space where you know and and they miss that the touch, the feel um, others are just being malicious and they will they will take your life and ruin it. I mean there's plenty of people like, oh you've changed you've ever if you've ever had that, you know you've changed you're not the same person I met before. And I've been on investigations, and the guy I go out with all the time on the investigation, he's my paranormal brother, Al Riga. We were on an investigation, and he had this look on his face. I knew something was wrong, and I knew we had to go. And he was just wide open. He wasn't aware of, of you know, he never took the fact that he is he has certain gifts and abilities seriously. And he thinks he's inhuman. You know, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defend the world against this evil. And he was totally, he was noticeably different. He was smiling. There was a look in his eye that was not the same, Al, that i you know, I've known. So this happens a lot. And when people, you know, and it happens when people play over things, you know, with the Ouija boards. It's another form of of, of opening a veil or a gate to your home. And you're not protected.
1: It is scary. It is scary what what could truly attach to you, uh, you know, at, at any point in time. And this is why, like, right before the break, we kind of dipped our toe into the pool where, you know, when, when people are out astral traveling, that there have been spirits who take over the body. And you can't get your own spirit back in. I mean, as weird and as sci-fi as that sounds... I mean, there's been numerous reports over the years of people, you know, husbands or wives waking up the next day and then noticing a significant change in their significant other. I mean, yes. I mean, the spirit world can really jump on anything.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, it, it does happen. And what happens there is it's not that you are physically removed from your body. What happens is something comes in and just crowds you out. So you, you. This is your shell. This is your vessel, and something will say, "I want in on that." Jump in, and then just start pushing you over and over. It may just start as you know, just an attachment where they're on top of you somehow. You, and when I'm saying this, it's not like you feel somebody's climbing on your back. They're just attaching to you. They're connecting to your aura, that light that 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 shines, you know, over and around you, and they're 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 attracted to that and sometimes it may be um i always thought auras are also like for some of these these beings like a food source it's an energy and i think that they they thrive on this energy they need this energy to um you know com, you know exist and they they start getting into you and and you'll have bad night dream you know bad dreams or there's been a couple of cases where people are sleeping like you were talking about And it's the wife with the spouse, and they're tossing and turning, or they're having night terrors. It's at those moments that they're being attacked, technically, not of this realm, but uh, out of this realm. And, oh, you're just having a bad dream. Mm, Not necessarily. Here's the difference see, you can have a dream where you say, I think there was like a donut with a a snake, and he, he may have been wearing a vest. You're not really specific or you can say there were two roman soldiers they were putting this guy in the big clay t- you know pot swish- you know pushing him up and down And when you pulled him up you know you go into detail there's two different types of things you can have when you go to sleep you can have a dream or you can have an experience and some people have experiences and in the process they're not protecting themselves from the experience or f- for that experience that leaves their door wide open. It's no different than keeping your door unlocked and then going to bed. Keep it just wide, keep your door wide open and go to sleep. You can sleep comfortably. No. That's what happens. And um a lot of times this happens. There's a lot of talk now about people that remote view. Ooh, I'm I'm now I'm remote viewing. Okay, that's great. It's wonderful. What you don't realize as a remote viewer, and there's a couple people I've talked to that did not know this, you can be seen as a remote viewer. You can be caught. I've gotten caught several times.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And the first That's time funny. it happened was a, was an eye-opener because you're, you're, you think you're in here going, but individuals that have that ability can also catch you. That's why the governments that use remote viewing, our government, the Russian government, a lot of governments, They actually have people that are remote viewers and their job is like a remote viewer security guard. They will not let you into the facility. They will catch you. And when you're remote viewing or in sleep, everything is known about you. So if you think like, oh, they didn't find me, they know exactly where you live. They can get to you just as easy as you can get to them and they'll do what they got to do. And this is what takes place. So, this is why I always tell people maybe say some prayers before you go to sleep. You know, now I lay me down to sleep, whatever. Say something. Say a prayer of protection. Thank you, Lord, for the great day. Let me wake up and have an even better one. Amen. Protect me. That's it.
1: I have caught a couple of remote viewers. And, you know, people often ask, how, how do you do it? How do you catch them? Well, the first off, it, you get this feeling like you're being watched, you know, like when you're in the forest, you get this feeling like you're being watched and you, you just start to focus in on that energy. Okay. Where is that coming from? Does your, your body is your best sensor. Okay. Your body will tell you, is it an animal? Is it something else? Is it human? Okay, I had a situation last year when we were casting a Sasquatch print out at our site. I said to my buddy Paul, I said, buddy, we're being watched right now. Something is creeping up on us. I turn around to check behind us because I just had this weird feeling. And about 80 feet behind me is a deer. Like, thank God it was a deer. It could have been something a lot worse. Bear, cougar, <laughs> grizzly bear. Okay, whatever it was, but the main thing is your body is your best tool to pick this up. And for remote viewers, if you start defining, okay, what is that feeling? It will tell you whether it's a spirit, whether it's a human, whether it's an alien, an animal. It will tell you, and then you start focusing in on that energy. Okay, where is it coming from? How? Okay, what? What kind of feeling? is this person giving off? Where are they standing in my house or in my yard? Are they looking in a window? I had a situation, Brian, with uh, science, Bob, Dr. Bob McGuire, a couple of years ago where him and I were having a very sensitive conversation on signal. Right. And I said, all of a sudden it hit me. I said, Bob, we're being remote viewed right now. I described the person who is remote, remote viewing me and never being to Bob's house in Alabama. I said, Bob, are you sitting in front of a window? And he goes, yes, I am. I said, behind that window, is there a giant tree that casts a lot of shade? Never seeing a picture. Yep. And, he, and he goes, yes, there is. And I said, I need you to turn around and look on the, on the right, I forget whether it was right or left side, and tell me if you see a shadow of a person standing there. He turns around and he come, turns back and he goes, who the heck is that? I said we're being remote viewed right now because this is yep. what the guy looks like at my place, and that guy's yep. hiding behind that tree.
2: Yeah, I, I know Bob's been working that with uh, Lala, um, doing some remote viewing as well. It's really weird when you see it, and and what one of the things you have, I I actually oh, I believe that you 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 are very sensitive. You have certain gifts and abilities that you're very much aware of. Everybody here has gifts and abilities. It's the people that want to use them and develop them. That's when they get better. So I always like remote viewing because it's easy. It's kind of like, you know, guess the card. You can do it. Have someone put cards in in an envelope, just put them around and just sit there and concentrate on the envelope, what the card is. The more you use the muscle, the stronger it becomes. And once you start doing these things, other things start taking place. You will open up that third eye, and and the gifts and abilities that you're you know you have been given will start to work. So with you sensing that, that's a given. You're also you know you're highly you're 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 intuitive to this and more, and and it's it's really interesting (laughs) when you get caught because you don't think you can get caught because you think you know you're able to peer around someone's place and and do things. I went in to heal somebody. I do a lot of healing for people privately. They need healing, I'll go to you. They go to them and I'll say, I'll remote view, heal you. And um I went to remote view, actually, our psychic. Now, I've never seen her house. I've never seen her kids. I've never seen her daughter. I, I You know, we just talk. So I go in and I went to go heal her. And when I go, the way it works for me is I, I actually get to the spot. If I say I want to heal this person, they'll take me right to the spot. I've learned this a long time because they kept going, no, no, I want to go to this person. And it goes right to the same thing. So I learned that where I am is where I need to be. So I enter this house. And the first room I enter is her granddaughter's room, who's about four, three or four. And it's late. And I'm standing there going, trying to get over to, you know, where her grandmother is, my, you know, our psychic. And she wakes up and she's staring at me i said hi you know and, I, and i'm actually communicating with this child right now and i'm telling her i'm like you know i'm here to i'm here to help you, grandma i'm here to help gram right and they're just looking at me not screaming nothing you know it's like i think they thought it was a dream but i was able to go past i was able to figure out what was going on and the next day I told her, I said, you know, I did the healing. She goes, I know, I kind of felt you there. And um, at that point, <laughs> she said, yeah, my granddaughter told me you were here. <laughs> so I said, well, I didn't know if she was going to see me or, or, or not. But, yeah, she saw me. And it's weird. It's very, very strange. But I don't, I don't peer into people's private uh, lives. That's not my thing. I don't want it done to me, so I wouldn't do it to anybody else. But um some people are very interested in what you're 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 gonna do, Dave, and, and what um you know other people are doing. Oh yeah. Especially Science Bob. I Let, mean,
1: let's get yeah. to some audience questions. Let's start off with Hackmeister sure. here. You said a tiny bit ago about possession at the bar. Could it be possible that these creatures are working together with the paranormal of demons fallen? Nephilim. I've never heard of creature possession. Hope to see you in Vegas.
2: Yeah, um one, I'll be in Vegas, and two, um, Okay, so here's the thing. See, we have have creatures that were on Earth before God created man and put put man on Earth and in charge of Earth, and that pissed off a lot of these creatures, one of which is the jinn. okay? You know, that's where you get your genies from and stuff. They despise humans, and jinn will pose as multiple different things. They will pose as demons. They will pose as Bigfoot. They will pose as monsters. They will pose as shadow people, anything to get you the hell off the planet. And if you, if you take your life in the process, better for them. They want their world back. And they're not going to get it unless humans don't exist. Um, as far as them working in, in concert with each other, I don't think so. Um, again, um, there are other demons other than fallen angels and, and, and entities that come from that. There are a lot of evil that has been on this planet for years, when you do the Holy St. Michael prayer, it's not only the devil you're, you're you're protecting yourself from, but all evil that has prowled the earth seeking the ruin of souls. And that means there's others there. I don't think they work hand in hand. They're all, all out for their own, I guess, need or desire. So no, I don't. And the Nephilim are just the bastard children of... Uh, sons of of daughters of man and angels um i do believe some of them have survived those would be giants like giant giants uh, there's been recently up actually in uh, your your country dave in, in canada the guy that saw the giant on top i forgot what mountain it was and then disappeared
1: by whistler yes
2: yeah i mean and that was a good video that was really good so
1: well, the, the where I had a little bit of trouble with that one was right. was the fact I know that area pretty well. And okay, f- and for that that giant, if that was real, okay, if that video was real, that giant would have had to be well over a hundred feet tall in order to be seen. I can that understand area. that because I can understand that because the average yeah. mountain around there is at 7,000 feet Whistler is yeah. at 7,000 feet. So for that giant to be even zoomed in to be the size of it was on camera, it would have had to be in a hundred feet tall.
2: Oh, and, and, but if you, if you go into what they say in, um, in, in not only the scriptures, but you know, uh, um oh god what 's the book? I just have it. I was just reading it um there 's another book there uh when when um they talk about the Nephilim and Nephilim aren 't just ten feet tall they 're twenty feet tall they 're thirty they 're fifty. they could be a hundred feet tall we don 't really know they are tall. they had to flood you know God flooded the entire earth to get rid of them. That's pretty significant, so they're they're not going to be little again. I kind of agree with you about the height of that thing because it you know you got to be pretty damn big to see that and if where's a hundred foot individual entity going and not being seen on a daily basis that's a that's a big question
1: when we return with Brian Bowden here on Spaced Out Radio. We have until the top of the hour on Strange Days. We are going to get into more audience questions, and we are going to get more into a lot. Well, as much as we could jam in, how about that? You know, sure. I mean, I mean, that's why we use WD forty around here in order to lube it up so we can slip everything in, even in those tight crevices. You know what I'm saying? But the idea behind it is we are talking monsters all night long with researcher, explorer, experiencer, and your questions next. So if you have any questions and you're in one of our chat rooms or on Twitter, hashtag Spaced Out Radio, put your questions in capital letters. We will be right back with the second half of Spaced Out Radio when we return. Stay tuned. Spaced Out Radio continues right after this. Hello, Falafel Bay. Welcome to Sor Chat.
2: I got to thank Ro Greg for give me Enoch because I just it slipped my mind. I knew I was going to say Ezra, and my brain was was uh, not on a, on all fours at that point.
1: Eddie Rodriguez, how you doing?
2: Eddie Rodriguez. It reminds me of the Cheech and Chong. <laughs> they wanted to do the movie Eddie Torres, The Extra Testicle.
1: Juliana McGill, how are you?
2: Friend of Squirrel. I like that. All right. I got to get more jerseys like this. Actually, I just got to get a Bull Terrier. I need to go buy another bull terrier.
1: I uh, I think you should get a a Syracuse jersey.
2: I have a Syracuse Bulldogs jersey. Bring me on next time. It's Oglethorpe's, and it says Ogie Oglethorpe I, on the I, back. I I was walking in the mall the other day. There's a mall over here. Yeah. Some guy goes buy a soda after the game, Ogie. <laughs> oh <laughs> I man, just,
1: that is I a... nuts.
2: Where do <laughs> you, I got I got it. I want you to get know, a T-shirt. Yeah. is
1: huh? <laughs> I got to get a, I got to get a tea- Start your future at
3: Eastern Shipbuilding Group and begin a new career that offers long-term financial stability, increased wages, bonuses, with full benefits. Eastern Shipbuilding, located on the world's most beautiful beaches in Panama City, Florida, has been committed to producing the highest quality vessels for our customers for over 40 years. Now, hiring first-class ship fitters, welders, electricians, pipe fitters, and many more. Offering a relocation bonus and the potential to exceed $80,000 or more for most of our top craft positions with incentive bonuses and overtime. Apply at Eastern easternship.com building.com. Start your future at Eastern Shipbuilding Group and begin a new career that offers long-term financial stability, increased wages, bonuses with full benefits. Eastern Shipbuilding, located on the world's most beautiful beaches in Panama City, Florida, has been committed to producing the highest quality vessels for our customers for over 40 years. Now, hiring first-class ship fitters, welders, electricians, pipe fitters, and many more. Offering a relocation bonus and the potential to exceed $80,000 or more for most of our top craft positions with incentive bonuses and overtime. Apply at Eastern easternshipbuilding.com.
2: Building com.
1: shirt of his.
2: I bought the Oglethorpe. Yep, oh. that is just great. The whole announcement. Just re- I reposted that announcement. Oh no! Oh no! Not again! Well, between the litigation and all the problems and that country deporting him and that country, I mean, it was just the, the greatest. The United States supporting
1: him back to Canada and Canada not accepting him back.
2: Oglethorpe. Okay, okay, Oglethorpe.
1: Oh, Rick, you know what? The best it's a great the, movie. The best scene in that entire movie for me, and it kills me every time, is when the poodle comes onto the ice, and he's just like this to all the crowd, and he's just got his know. middle finger up, and he's just, oh god,
2: <laughs> I made, I made the mistake when my daughter was like, my youngest was like four or five years old, something like that. Uh, she came home early from school, and she wanted to watch some. I don't know, like like pony pie or whatever. I'm like no, I'm sick and tired of this. This is my moment. So I, I had her she's lying down next to me you know, with a little bit of a fever. I said, We're gonna watch one of Daddy's movies. I put on Goon.
1: Oh, I I still haven't seen it.
2: I don't want to see oh, it. Oh my god. No, it's actually very, very good. You gotta see it. It's very, very good. I ever tell um, I ever
1: tell you the time, dude, where <laughs> um where I played in this hockey league. I was like 20 years old, 21 years old. And I get asked to play in this, this league called the mission league. It doesn't even exist anymore. And I said to the, I said to the team organizer, we were the Bruins. I said, "Uh, is there any fighting in this league? And he goes, yeah, there's the odd scrap, right? (laughs) Let alone dude, this was like straight out of slap shot this league. Okay. It's um, great. And like my first game indoctrination, I'm on the bench and a freaking line brawl breaks out like right in front of the benches. Man. Right. And I'm just standing there watching this and I'm like, oh yeah. Oh yeah, Davey yeah. can Davy can handle this. You know? And it was great. It was just just beautiful. Yep.
2: Yeah. And
1: it's-
2: uh <laughs> let me tell you, I got two one two three teeth over here thanks to uh and it wasn't ice hockey uh it was foot hockey and it just got got out of oh, control yeah.
1: foot hockey street hockey is brutal yeah but i went uh, to high
2: school of art and design by the way new york someone asked that question
1: but this league though brian oh my god it was right really- <laughs> we had a brawl one time i was injured so i couldn't no no pardon me i was suspended.
2: Okay. Why were you suspended? Well, Putting uh, on the foil coat? No. I, I
1: was suspended, and we actually had a brawl on the ice, and the brawl ended up... like Just a line brawl. The line brawl ended up in my team's dressing room. It was... <laughs> honestly, it was beautiful, man. And so... I go running in there, my other teammate who was injured goes running in there and we're all we're just it was a brawl, you know? I mean, so what what are we supposed to do? You know? And one of the guys who was fighting in that brawl on our team was an RCMP officer. So even if they <laughs> called the police, nothing would have happened. Uh, I'll big, off my ice. <laughs> big thank you to Hack Times Two, Monica, Dry Toast, and I'm sorry for forgetting that last time. Monica, uh, West Coast, NorCal, Stephen, Louis, Lara, and Vaughn for the amazing super chats, love and support. Here we go. We passed the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate you tuning us on in wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to all the agents and agencies tuning us on in as well. Give us a call sometime. Let us know how you're doing. We'd appreciate that. If you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free Archives at youtube dot com forward slash spaced out radio Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. dot com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Brian Bowden, we have until the top of the hour, in for strange days, filling in for the ailing Lon Strickler. And Brian may be back next month as well. We'll have to check out to see how Lon is doing at that point. But, Brian, it's been a great show uh, so far. And I want to get some audience questions, if you don't sure. mind. Let's go to Gong Show here. What about the Yosemite Alien Nightcrawlers? Which star system do you think they came from, Brian Bowden?
2: I have no idea. Um, there's so many different different creatures, and um, so many aliens. Not sure about those. Um, not sure. Um, I've gotten a lot of questions uh, relating to the um, uh, reptilian-based creatures because people are now more concerned about reptilians than anything else. Ever since all the recent hype about you know, shot down balloons and unidentified flying, whatever. But I couldn't answer that question.
1: Gotcha. All right, let's move on here. Let's go to Hadley. Why do you think people see ghosts?
2: Some people see ghosts because it's a departed loved one that's that's coming back to say hello to you um, and, you know, just watching over you and letting you know that they're okay. Um, other people see ghosts because they have abilities and they're unaware that they have them because the way society is you're not supposed to see ghosts um and that's basically it other people go see ghosts because they're going to go on the ghost hunting thing but those are the two ways of 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 actually why you're going to be able to see a ghost
1: yeah or you just got the uh, you got the uh the good luck charm of being able to see dead people
2: yeah i mean well that's that's ghosts yeah
1: Soul Light is asking, what do you think happened to dragons and Pegasus?
2: Um, that's a really great question. I was just talking because we want to throw unicorns in there, if you don't mind. You go. I think some of them, I think the dragon end of it was hunted down, and after a while, it kind of, the, the need for certain aspects of the dragon uh, left, the flight and um, that type of it. As far as the Pegasus, don't know. I, I'm, but it's not only the Greeks that were talking about it. The whole British Isle used to talk about it, um, and eventually the Greeks came in there. But this was prior to the, you know, that type of mingling between the cultures. I don't know what happened to Pegasus. Um, there's been a couple of different. Every once in a blue moon, you'll get the random unicorn post with some sketchy like like it's a video but it's like you know from a distance like there's a unicorn there and you're seeing a unicorn come out um as far as the pegasus don't know i have no idea what happened to that i'd love to see one
1: that would be a kind of uh interesting Truthertainment is asking, what about the race species of extraterrestrial that travel the galaxies, implanting other less entities with deep mind warps that convinces them of all kinds of nonsense?
2: Well, there's a lot of races and species of ETs that do travel the galaxies. They do come here, and that's because it's not to convince them that All this stuff is nonsense. They're using us for DNA. And um, there was a big discussion recently um, about, you know, I forgot where I was hearing it, but they're talking about the um, RH negative and stuff. Um, Our friend, Butch Witowski, and I used to talk about this all the time, and I stated it straight up. It's not about the RH. It's about your blood type and how rare you are in relationship to your DNA and the fact that DNA is the greatest base model to take these races that are dying off and make new, you know, members of their race. Because it's a science class. You know, you will have alien, human, alien, alien, human, human. I mean, eventually what you'll do is you can breed out the human aspect of it and still have the the alien race going. But I don't know if he, it's nonsense. Um, I've seen things and had experiences that people always call BS on, but 100% happen.
1: All right, let's go on to Joe. My dog keeps seeing things in the house and growling at them. Is she seeing remote viewers? Nope, she's seeing
2: spirits, and she's seeing either a ghost or an entity that is coming now. Um, they're going to see it and do react the way they should react. I think if it's a negative entity, um, they will cower and they won't, you know, they'll stop. Um, if it's somebody family related, but they've never met them, that is passed on. Be it a father, a mother, a grandparents, a sibling. Um, they're just doing what they're doing. My brother, we had an apartment in our building and the whole line it was cursed. And when we bought the apartment, I went in with my brother's Rottweiler And he went to this one spot. It was like summer. So it was super hot. There was no AC on. This one spot was cold as ice. And as I'm walking around admiring the apartment, the dog's sitting there looking up. And then it cowered. This 150-pound Rottweiler, and it goes down like this, facing a corner. So later on, that that entity did reveal itself. It was giving people um, basically issues that turned into cancer and everybody in that, that line of has died from some form of stomach ailment or cancer, including my parents.
1: That's terrible.
2: It is terrible. Um, the whole building is built. Um, where I live is where they built. Um, uh, they had the forge for, uh, it's either the Miramac. I think it was the Miramac or one of the ships for the Civil War. And the person that's doing it in there is literally um, a naval officer. He's been seen a uh, half-body apparition by the woman that he was helping my mother from uh, Jamaica, who he ran at her and went through her and she never went back into the house wearing the naval coat. Um, when I did a EVP session there, I got three names and two were officers. One was naval, one was artillery and they both the, the, the woman I forgot her name you know this a while ago. the woman was the lover of both of them, and there was a there was like a big battle there between the two of them. It was like a love triangle and if you look it up, it's all right there. I would never have known this. I just started putting names into Google and boom boom boom, it all popped up and the two officers that popped up, both of them had this love interest it was it's very bizarre. That's why I'm trying to, you know, get out of that building.
1: <laughs> Don't blame you. Don't blame <laughs> you. Uh, you know, uh, Joe also has an issue with aliens that he doesn't like to admit to.
2: Well, I, I, I had a couple of issues with aliens, and um, people are waking up with bloody noses now. Nosebleeds that never did it. So we're having problems.
1: Always the nosebleed. YJ says, yes, I saw a blonde girl, early 20s, watching me fix my Jeep only saw a torso and a head. Then she vanished when I said hi. Was she a remote viewer? Just initial gut feelings, please.
2: No, she was your guardian angel. She was one of your guardians or um, spirit guides. And she was keeping an eye on you.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep, 100%. And that was, yeah, that actually was a reading on my end and that was that's what it was
1: i will confirm that i will confirm that sure let's go to random guy dave you're in a bunker spam or tuna in cans for the apocalypse tuna hmm. it all depends do i have mayonnaise for the tuna
2: hold that phone i'll give you a reason why tuna when i went to hawaii Four people, four Hawaiians told me spam is the biggest thing in Hawaii. You want to know why? It's the closest thing to human flesh. They were formerly cannibals. That's why they eat spam.
1: That's why I don't go to Hawaii.
2: Has the tuna, please?
1: <laughs> well, do you have mayonnaise or or what? Now, if it, you know, like I know the whole tuna chicken by the sea kind of thing. I mean, who doesn't remember Charlie from Starkist? Oh yeah, right? Those were great commercials back in the day. But that was great. I don't know. I'm not a tuna fan and I'm definitely not a spam fan. I'd have to say tuna though. I'll I'll go with tuna. But around here, you can eat almost anything.
2: Up in your woods, I mean, you can you bunker, you just go out for 5 minutes, you can get hold a it an elk.
1: get a deer. You have elk, right? Uh, yeah, somewhere, somewhere. Yeah, it's bear, you gotta watch out for. <laughs> no, you know, you know what is first thing I would—I'll I'll be honest with you—the apocalypse hit. Number one, they ain't getting in into my area for a long, long time. Okay, they aren't because I'm just way too out there from where I live. Uh, but the first thing I'm doing going into the forest and going to uh, get a bunch of uh, grouse. Oh. Yeah, because I'm not used to, even though I'm surrounded by wild game, I'm not used to eating wild meat. Yep. And grouse is the closest thing. It it tastes identical to chicken. Identical to chicken. It's fantastic.
2: You need something that also produces eggs.
1: Lots of chickens around here. Yep. Lots of people got chickens. I'm thinking about actually getting myself some chickens. I got a big enough yard. But, uh, it's a price
2: of chicken eggs right now in the States. I may buy a couple of chickens myself.
1: Yeah. And the other thing I would go after is a black bear. Why that? Because their meat is phenomenal. I've never had that. Yeah, you grind that up with... Uh, because there's a lot of cattle ranches around here so you grind up the black bear with the cattle, with the cattle beef oh. and okay. the, and then you dry it out for I, I will tell you this the most tasty jerky I have ever had has been black bear
2: I I got to try that it's we a, have a we have a place near near here called Bucky's and they have black bear yeah. in there so yeah I'll take you I'll, I'll, I'll get the some black bear jerky
1: up tastes really good. All right, let's move on here. Let's go to I'm getting hungry, that's why. All right. Uh do you think ghosts know they're ghosts or do some think they're still alive?
2: Um some don't realize they died. And yes, they they just don't realize they're dead. They do think they're still alive and most of them when you get to that point, if they haven't gone, we'll call it into the light, and they get stuck in the ether, um, they don't know. They like they don't know where they are. They feel like they're in a dark room and like what the heck's going on. Um sometimes when you're there long enough and you get to to understand like you know, you're dead, then you know you are a ghost. And you could um you have a couple options. You always can go to the light when it comes by. And try to go into the light, um, or you could just sit there and be one of those pains in the, you know what, that take your socks and monkey with people's minds.
1: Hmm. Or, yes, sir, or if it's an accidental, like they don't know what ha- what's happened.
2: Well, that's that's yeah. most of the time. Um, there was someone I, I was called. I was going to a meeting, and I was called by a friend of mine, and they needed help, and they needed somebody to go and help their ex-husband who died who is who is currently uh, I I see you on Death's Door and stuck between us a, a world. So I actually had to go I never met this guy before, big old biker guy, like scary biker guy. He was not a nice guy. Um, and he was fighting me and I kept going back to her and saying, look, he's fighting me. But what was interesting before I got the phone call, I kept hearing the phrase, eat a peach, eat a peach, eat a peach. And so even while I was talking to him there and, and I eventually she's, she told me, you know, tell him X has sent you. That's her name. So I went there and I said, well, don't get mad at me. I'm just here to help you. X sent me. And he had this like son of a, you know, look on his face. Um, I said, you have a choice to make. You can either stay here. You can either move on, die, pass away and move into the light. Or you can come back. But if you come back, it's going to be painful. But you seem like a fighter. You can handle it. And eventually he made his choice. But he had no idea where the hell he was. And I actually had to tell him where he was. And it's very interesting because after I relayed all this to my friend who asked me to do this for her, um, I said, just curious, does eat a peach mean anything to you? Because it, it means something to me. I know what it means for me. She started laughing. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to say it all the time. And because Dwayne Allman, the guitarist um, uh, for the Allman Brothers, the album that they put out, Eat a Peach, because he drove his motorcycle into the back of a peach truck, so he ate a peach. And that's exactly what basically happened to this guy, except it wasn't a peach truck.
1: So he, he had to tell him. Wow, that's heavy. Yeah, I had a friend, oh, it was I had a, I had a friend of mine who passed away, and this actually, this story actually cost me a bunch of other friends, who aren't believers. Uh, when I uh, remote viewed him to see where he was, he he was very atheist, and yep. and atheist people are when the, they're just sitting there dumbfounded, not knowing where they are on the other yeah. side, and. There are stories about that night that I know that I've never let the family know, but other friends have confirmed where he was. And this gentleman, a friend of mine, uh, he was in his uh, late thirties and um, it had some chest issues in the past and decides to go to uh, a massage parlor, shall we say. I think that's a polite way to put it. Leaves the massage parlor and then uh, goes to walk down to his car down a flight of stairs and has a heart attack. Dies right there. And uh, he's found it like a couple hours later. He was already gone. But nonetheless, so (laughs) I said to him, when I remote viewed in on him, I said to him, so. Start your future at Eastern Shipbuilding Group and begin a new career that
3: offers long-term financial stability, increased wages, bonuses, with full benefits. Eastern Shipbuilding, located on the world's most beautiful beaches in Panama City, Florida, has been committed to producing the highest quality vessels for our customers for over 40 years. Now hiring first-class ship fitters, welders, electricians, pipe fitters, and many more. Offering a relocation bonus and the potential to exceed $80,000 or more for most of our top craft positions with incentive bonuses and overtime. Apply at Eastern Shipbuilding building.com. Start your future at Eastern Shipbuilding Group and begin a new career that offers long-term financial stability, increased wages, bonuses with full benefits. Eastern Shipbuilding, located on the world's most beautiful beaches in Panama City, Florida, has been committed to producing the highest quality vessels for our customers for over 40 years. Now, hiring first-class ship fitters, welders, electricians, pipe fitters, and many more. Offering a relocation bonus and the potential to exceed $80,000 or more for most of our top craft positions with incentive
1: bonuses and overtime. Apply at Eastern Shipbuilding what were you doing? He goes, oh, Davey. He goes, you know how I am. I went for, <laughs> I can't use the term on the air, but it starts with rub. And, you know, and he's like, what am I supposed to do? He goes, where the hell am I? I said, dude, you're, yep. you're dead. He's like, what? And it was amazing because he felt his feet were stuck on that stairwell because he kept asking me what all these really dark creatures were that were running around him.
2: Yeah, there, there is, I know what you're talking about. It's, it's very much. If you ever seen the movie, um, ghost. Yes.
1: Yes. Perfect example.
2: Yeah. Those dark things that come running around and like shadows.
1: Yeah. It's
2: like that, but they're not there for bad. You know, the bad people um it it will scare the hell out of you that's why you want to go to the light and if in that situation is perfect example of you not knowing you're dead (laughs) what a way to go though
1: (laughs) you know yeah well this guy here he um we finally got him out of there i said look dude you're gonna have to trust me on this one i said i know you don't believe in any of this crap I said, but you're going to have to trust me on this. And I said, said, now that we're in this realm, we can go anywhere at any time. Yep. And I took him to our fishing spot. And just to get him out of that area. And we just talked a little bit about what the other side was like. And I'm like, well, this is what I think it is. And so on and so forth. And he's like, dude, how did we get here? And I'm like, we can just go. So that's the beauty of this side. And so I talked to him about his family and his friends and this girl that he was in love with, but they never, ever got together. It was just his, his personal crush. And, you know, that's kind of the way it ended, you know? Mm-hmm. And. Oh, wow. Hasn't seen me since. Hasn't come back since. Steven wants to yep. know, final question. As we've got about four minutes to go. What is the best way to protect against a malicious spirit?
2: Um, you can, first and foremost, you can, uh, sage, uh, uh, are you talking about yourself or property? We'll just do both. You can sage your property, um, and you have to tell it it's not allowed there. You can use holy water besides sage. You can also salt your property. Yes. Uh, I prefer kosher salt because it's a little bit more pure than some of the other salts. Um, there's certain religious implications to it. Um, the best way to protect yourself against that is to um, take if you have if you believe in a higher power take that spirit into you um, also protect yourself when you go out and you're going into the world I like to put salt in my pocket and you don't have to put you know like sprinkle salt there go go to those those restaurants and they give you a little salt package take a bunch of those stick them in your pocket um, this is good for anybody else that if you're gonna go talk to the boss or you, you have a situation you don't know what's gonna work out Put it in your shoes. Put a couple packets in your shoes and go and talk. It's going to protect you. That will protect you against malicious spirits. Um, It doesn't hurt to ask the Lord our God, whatever you believe in, to also, you know, shield you and put you in a bubble of white golden light and love from him or her, whatever your belief is. And that's a pretty good way to protect yourself in general from these things. And also, don't do stupid things. Don't play with Ouija boards. You know, don't don't risk it. It's not worth it.
1: Well, you and I will agree to disagree on the Ouija board thing.
2: Um, I don't. I don't do Ouija boards. There's multiple reasons, but there are other devices that kind of like them. You know, phonetic generators or whatever. Yeah. That's that's a different story.
1: Well, I look at them as a tool, and I don't see like for me. I think that, I don't think they're any more dangerous than say a. Uh, pendulum or tarot cards or tea reading or hand reading or you know hanging out with random guy you know i don't see it uh, being a uh, tarot cards yeah
2: yeah um no I, I there's something about the board see there's a little bit more guidance with some of these things versus the the board you're something's moving and telling you yes no my name is uncle al but you don't know what the hell that something is there's the difference and that's the difference. Like with, with a tarot card, you're flipping over something and it's supposed to represent X and you can do an interpretation with the pendulum. You're you're asking yes and no questions. It's not really a B, C, D, whatever. Ouija boards are a little bit weird. But yes, we can agree to disagree, but none of be in my house ever. I'll sneak out I'm gonna it. get
1: a tattoo of one and then I'm gonna come over to your house. Well oh,
2: it's it's funny that the the show Ron and I do inside the goblin universe on the back of the shirt, it's a, the whole shirt, the front and the back is done in uh glow in the dark, uh white ink. And the back is a Ouija board. And it says inside the goblin universe on it. And the front looks a planchette. So I I've designed a couple of boards actually for Ron Murphy. Um we we had a couple of boards, you know, for spirit boards for asking Bigfoot questions and stuff. But I just don't play with them. <laughs> I just don't don't like them. I already have demons in my house. They're they're my family.
1: <laughs> Let everybody know where they could find your podcasts, All eight thousand of them.
2: Sure, I'm on uh, I'm on every podcatcher out there. It's it's under inside the Goblin Universe, and hopefully, Ron and I'll be doing some shows. Um, I also do a show Nobo Boomi, but we're on podbean dot uh, com for the most part, but that's where you can get us on everything. I got YouTube channels, you can get me on social media if you have any questions. Just say, Hey, I saw you on spaced out radio, I wanted to ask you X, I'll answer the question. Um, and if you're trying to friend me, just tell me, Hey, I saw you on Spaced Out Radio, don't just send a friend request. <laughs>
1: that's right. Brian likes his privacy. Coming up next on Space Out Radio in hour number three. We're going to head to the swamp. Then little Timmy Senor is going to join us for the UFO report of jam-packed hour number three. Coming up next Space Spaced Out Radio.
2: Before you go, I want to show you what I've been doing. Yeah. I've been working a lot with frequencies. Yeah. So, okay.
1: Yeah. Can you see that? Yeah.
2: All right. I'm going to start it up. This is a signal frequency sound. And it's going to start in two seconds, right
1: there. Hi, Tits on. McGee. Thank you for filling in for the vacationing Veronica Corningstone. There we go. Pink Volo, how you doing? I'm trying, I'm trying to get it to start up, Dave. Raven McMinn, good to see you.
2: Of course, when I want to do something, it doesn't work. I broke it. No, you didn't break it. I just wanna make sure it comes through because it's um <clears throat> it's all on this um on this uh what do you call it i have uh, it's hidden in sound it's it's called i'm gonna play it. Can you hear that yeah okay it's gonna start.
1: Here we go. What the hell is this?
2: So this is a spectrogram. And okay. It won't let me do it. Basically what it is is you use a spectrogram and in the spectrogram you're able to capture images. You can hide you can hide stuff in the signal of a spectrogram. Right. And that spectrogram that that i that i have there when you play the signal it actually will visually show an image that comes across so it's um it's very very bizarre let me see if i can do one you play i gotta hit
1: the bathroom i'll be right back
2: yep i'll show you everybody that's on there this way i'm taking off the bluetooth and let's try it this way and let me shut this down There we go. Look at that, it's magic. And I'm gonna take the light off for a split second, if you don't mind. And uh, this way you'll be able to see what I have here. Okay. Sorry for that, but the tablet. And as you can see, there's a hidden message within the sound file itself. That's running. So this is just one of many uh, files and sounds that I've uh, been playing around with in relationship to what's going on <coughs> in the age of uh, this investigations that I do for UFOs, uh, cryptids, and the program is. Uh, let me tell you right now, it's called. Uh, Spectrum viewer. And um the message actually was it's a pre formatted. You can actually create your own messages and encode them in sound files. There's other programs that are out there, and I'll be talking about I'm gonna be posting some of them on my um if you're on my Facebook feed, Brian and Bowden, um I'll I'll do it. I'll also let Dave know I'll post it in space out radio chat um in the uh the group there. But um we're using files and programs to send messages via audio and frequency to specific frequencies to try to elicit some kind of um, interaction or communication. We're also taking sound waves from uh, our Bigfoot investigations, and we are using that to, um, uh, you know, try to communicate and see if there's anything communicating uh, via the ultrasound uh, wavelength, so so th- this program—it's it's a spectrogram, and what it does, Dave, is, is while you're out, it it puts a hidden it puts a hidden message in, right? You see that, and it's an audio file, and the spectrogram reveals the message that's there. Oh, well, that's cool. And we're, what we're doing is, see, when we did a, an investigation in the lake, I actually did this and took some of the audio we got, and one of them appeared um, a gray alien, like the alien that you would see in the opening of the start original Star Trek, oh, wow. a big gray alien. It appeared wow. in the spectrogram. So that's what I was doing.
1: Brian, I got 20 seconds here. I got to say goodnight to you, my friend. Much goodnight. love to you, and uh, I'll let you know about it- next month for lawn. okay? You got it, bro. All right. Well. You take care, everybody. Good night. Bye. All right. Uh, big thank you to Hackmeister with the hat trick of super chats. Vaughn, Lara, Louis, Steven, Norcal, West Coast, Dry Toast, Monica. Thank you so, so much. Here we go. Aye, aye, aye. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live, and KPL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club, Edonious. Hedonius is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again to head to the swamp,
0: I never thought my hike along the Appalachian Trail would lead me to one of the most horrifying experiences of my entire life. Nevertheless, my girlfriend and I, who had always been avid hikers, decided to tackle the trail for our anniversary. After hiking for some hours, we decided to finally make camp for the night. We found a perfect spot overlooking the mountain range and quickly set up our tent. As the sun set, we sat around the campfire sharing stories and roasting marshmallows and making some hot dogs. Then, suddenly, we heard a rustling sound in the woods. At first, we assumed it was just an animal of some sort, but as the noise grew louder, we became uneasy. Then we heard a sound that chilled us to the bone. A low, guttural growl that seemed to be coming from all around us. We quickly doused the fire and retreated to our tent. We tried to convince ourselves it was just a bear, but we both knew something was just quite not right here in this situation. Now, we are experienced hikers and campers, so this was strange to us to not recognize these noises. We lay in the darkness, listening intently to the growling sounds growing louder and more intense. Then suddenly the tent began to shake violently, and we could hear scratching sounds on the fabric. In sheer terror, we realized that whatever was outside was trying to get in. My girlfriend and I clung to each other, paralyzed with fear. My girlfriend and I clung to each other, paralyzed with fear, not knowing what to do, as we heard the sound of claws shredding through the tent. We could hear heavy breathing and growling from whatever was outside. We knew that we were not going to make it out of this alive, so we started saying we loved each other. Just when we thought all hope was done, the tent ripped open, and we saw the terrifying sight. A vast creature covered in fur and razor-sharp teeth stood before us. It was like nothing we had ever seen before. It let out a roar that echoed through the forest, and we both knew it was the last thing we would ever hear. Almost as if some sort of greater being was watching over us. A bear ran into the picture, roaring itself. It seemingly felt, I guess, I don't know, maybe it was feeling challenged by this creature's roar. It tackled the creature, and the creature swiped back at it. They began fighting brutally, scratching and mauling at each other. Ultimately, I can't say who won, because they began to go out of sight, and we took that moment to run, and run as fast as we ever have. Luckily, we made it back to the Appalachian Trail. We ran as fast as we could and made it to the nearest conservation building that we could find and met up with some other hikers. We told them our story and got airlifted to a hospital as quickly as possible. We are lucky to survive and to be able to tell this story, but I have no idea what it was that nearly ended our lives that day. I just have to thank Mother Nature and that bear for, I guess, feeling threatened by whatever happened. After I did some research many years after, it did turn out that that was the time that most mother bears would have cubs around. So maybe it was just right time, right place.
1: Yeah, I had some audio issues earlier. With my recorder. So I will get that fixed for tomorrow night. But thank you to the Swamp Dweller for another spooky show. And we really appreciate it. If you want to hear stories just like that, head on over to Swamp Dweller's channel. Go to youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads. And we will get you right there for another spooky story. From the Swamp to the Stars. It is time for us to bring in little Timmy Senor. It's a UFO report.
4: Nobody's going to know. They're going to know.
1: Big Bad Tim Senor is with us again, once again, for the UFO Report. And, oh, you know, Tim, I am so, so relaxed that for the first time in about a week or so, we have not had any news about balloons, about drones being shot down, about China, about anything. And, oh, man, it almost feels like it's good to be back to normal.
4: I agree with you. I absolutely agree. It lets us focus on the reality of UFO again. And so I was kind of hoping we could get back to our roots and talk about UFO again tonight. Um, Yeah, it's been a nice little breather. So, yeah. How's the weather up there, bud? I'm sure it's probably pretty cold, right?
1: Well, it actually warmed up today. Oh, finally. It it, it warmed up today. I I woke up. It was a balmy minus 14 degrees Celsius. And... (laughs) Yeah, that, that's warming up, and then it got to about minus three Celsius later on in the day, which is mm-hmm. it's t-shirt weather, man. You know, it's t-shirt weather. So mm-hmm. it, it was. Uh, it's been a really nice break, man. And uh, we're supposed to get a little bit more snow. We got about another week of cold temperatures, but as we roll on into March, we should be starting to see some warmer stuff but i just can't believe how much snow we have right now it's freaking awesome it was yeah, awesome it's... and then and then last night oh my gosh the northern lights that we had were absolutely incredible like it was i don't know if uh, if anybody checked out my facebook page or not but they i had the northern lights dancing all over my yard last night, and I'm gonna show. If you're on, if you're on, uh, um, social media with me, you'll be able to uh, see these. If you're watching on YouTube, but I mean, I, dude, it was all colors of the rainbow last night, all colors of the rainbow, and I just, it was freezing cold, and I didn't care. I just went outside and I just, I was just standing there being me, listening and watching. And so a lot of these pictures I took from my, from my front yard, looking into my backyard of the Northern Lights. And it was just, it was just incredible. Uh, what's weird about them is on my iPhone, I tried to record them. And I don't know, because I'm not a real tech guy, Tim, but I was trying to record them, and I could see them in the camera. I could see them on the replay, but the minute I posted it to social media like Instagram or, or Facebook, the videos would go completely black, and you couldn't see any of them at all. It's the strangest yeah. thing.
4: Yeah. They don't want you to share that is what that is no um yeah it's it's really tricky to capture those things in low light situations and then when you upload it it seems to lose a lot of definition. so anything low light isn't going to read really well when you upload but um you know that is absolutely breathtaking and i gotta say it's obviously due to the intense solar storm you know The supercharges in the auroras, right? And it stretched all the way to the UK and further recently, right? With some of these massive flares.
1: This picture that I'm showing now, and unfortunately our radio audience can't see it. It's got the northern lights. It's got pink. It's got white. It's got purple and green, a little bit of blue. And then right in behind it, you can actually see the Big Dipper through the northern lights. It's pretty incredible. It's like and this was like right over top of my house, man. And cool. it, it was just one of those moments where you just sit back and think, wow. Like this is what it's all about. It's incredible. Oh. It was just it was absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And uh I I just had a lot of fun with it. A lot of fun just taking it all in and, and relaxing with it. So yeah.
4: Amazing photography too. Yeah. you got the snow capped trees in the foreground and then sometimes your house covered in snow and that is just gorgeous.
1: Oh, it was, it was amazing. Like a few times I'm like, Oh, maybe I'll go in, but then you're like, no, no, no. What if I'm, what if I'm missing something? You know, what if I'm missing? And then all of a sudden you see the, the, the northern lights kind of they go down in one area and then pop up in another, and, and the next thing you know, I'm like just looking over the top of my house, and it was like right there. Just phenomenal. Just phenomenal. I absolutely loved it. But let's get right to the UFO side of everything. Uh, there's a, a very popular group called New Fork. Released a UFO geographic analysis data. What's this uh, all about?
4: Yeah, the National UFO Reporting Center was founded in 1974 by the noted UFO investigator Robert Gribble. And the center's primary function over the past four decades has been to receive, record, and to the greatest degree possible. Corroborate and document reports from individuals who have been witness to unusual possible UFO related events. And so through its history, the center has processed over 150,000 reports and has distributed its information to thousands of individuals. And recently, New Fork has taken some of its geographical data and uh, focused on putting it into a featured data set that could go ahead and plot all of the sightings into geographic features, uh, such as a map, a global map. And so New Fork uh, categorized it in different ways for different map features. And so now they've categorized it by city, perhaps, to determine the relationship between geography and sightings. And others. Uh, other ways they've done it is by plotting the first 200,000 sightings um, you can kind of see scatter plots that um, show densities of UFO sightings, and they're able to glean some in, in information uh, based on how that looks on the maps. And for example, um, they went through and did it by county at one point, and so the counties with the largest number of sightings can be counted using a, a, a choropleth map, which is basically a speckles and uh, dots, and it shows immersion with uh, different colors. So uh, we see that Southern New Mexico and Clark County, Vegas, along with strip of counties in Northwest as having the highest numbers of sightings. And then on the East Coast, areas like Miami, New York, and Maryland have incredibly high counts as well. And so often one of the claims made was that the 37th parallel has a higher concentration of sightings and strange activity. But now we're able to see that in fact, not to be true. And in fact, it looks like the 40th parallel should be considered the strange quote, strange, strange parallel. And um, we're wondering whether this is due to the high population density, because the cities like New York and Chicago, which lie close to that latitude, Um, or if it's actually just due to the number of events. And so we can also see that um, they can take this and refine it by looking into sightings around the world and refine it again to heat maps, meaning um, frequency. So you can categorize things by how you're trying to sort the information. And so it's a new tool that Newfork has put into play, and I think it's going to glean some really great insight. So it's kind of exciting stuff, Dave, and um people that are interested can absolutely go to New Fork's website to get some of that. And there's also a great article on it on Medium.
1: Well, I think the other thing we need to remember here is Newfork is one of the oldest reporting sites, and and as far as I know they've never really played the government game this is a place where i think we can uh, honestly say that you know there is something there that can that can uh, you know be right down the middle i'm not sure if that's your microphone or my microphone but i hear a ticking in the background Yeah, it's definitely your microphone. Seems to be gone now. Sorry.
4: Okay. You just let me know if it comes back and I will deal with it.
1: Yeah, it just came back. The minute you turned it up, it just came back. Okay. Like, Like the cat came back the very next day.
4: Yeah, the center director, Peter Davenport, has been doing a lot of work to get this Um, beyond the just accepting of reports. And I think the next steps really are to collaborate and get the data kind of put into a fashion that can be used by researchers and analysts. And um, these are definitely some of the right steps. Let me know if that uh, ticking sticks around and I will try maybe jumping out and jumping back in.
1: No, we seem pretty good now. We seem pretty good now, but uh, Peter Davenport, once again, I mean, this is a gentleman who's been doing UFO research almost 60 years and he is in his late seventies, early eighties. He is still going strong, still does not have a cell phone. The number you get is his home phone, which you can file any sort of report on and it's highly accurate for what he does. It's highly accurate. And you know, he uh he's never played the government game. You know, I mean other people have. I mean we've seen MUFON, we've seen other groups. New Fork has not. So, I mean, trustworthy, that's why Peter Davenport has one of the best names in ufology. And I think that's a, that's a great reason. So any report that comes from him, I think is amazing. Let's move on here as we got about five minutes to go before we go to break at the bottom of the hour. It's a UFO report with our good friend little Timmy Sinor, and let's go to the Pentagon apparently has no plans to release images of unidentified objects from recent shootdowns. Should we be surprised by this?
4: Well, maybe. Maybe we should because, um, you know, it, we should be expecting to get information. And the fact is that just last week, the U.S. Department of Defense released a selfie taken by the pilot of a U-2 plane operator as it flew over suspected Chinese surveillance balloon as it passed over the continental U.S. And so captured by a smartphone, the cockpit of a nearly 70-year-old high-altitude reconnaissance plane was providing a stunning image of unprecedented details of the suspected balloon. And so, although it was eventually shot down, the release of the photo has caused many to ask, what about the images showing the three unidentified objects shot down in rapid succession near Alaska, northern Canada, and Lake Huron in the week of February 10th? And so for now, the Pentagon will not confirm it even has images of these incidents, much less that it has any plans to publicly release imagery of the three unidentified airborne objects. And so in a quote, the only aerial image that has been cleared for release was the PRC HAB surveillance balloon shot down off the coast of South Carolina. And so a spokesperson for the Office of the Secretary of Defense told the debrief just this week that no other aerial images have been released and we do not have any additional information to provide at this time. And so it does look like the DOD's caginess over the images compounds the bizarreness surrounding the sudden decision to use air-to-air missiles against unknown objects violating our airspace. And so the three objects shot down are considered and suspected of being benign amateur hobbyists or research balloons and not the work of state-sponsored espionage. But still, without the recovery, it remains a big question mark. And so we aren't going to talk too deeply on this. We've beaten this. It's a pretty dead horse. But at the same rate, it does speak highly about the caginess of the Pentagon to not release any information and to just remain in this very strange place of UFOdom.
1: Well, and I and I think that you know, in talking with random guy and yourself about this subject ad nauseum over the last couple of weeks, I think this is just par for the course. I'm not even mad about it. Normally, I get mad the, about all this kind of stuff. I'm not even mad about it, Tim, because we knew. We knew that they weren't going to give us anything. We knew that we weren't going to see the Alaskan shoot down or, or the Yukon shoot down or even the Lake Huron shoot down. Why? They want it for themselves. They're going to take it to a testing site, whether it's Wright-Patterson or Area 51 or someplace like that, and they're going to break this down. They may take it to Lockheed Skunk Works, and they're going to break these down so that way they can check out the technology. They're not scared of the balloons or the the drones. Why would they be? Okay, What they want to know is this. We were following you. We were following you for a while. Now let's see your toys. Let's see what you're hiding. Let's see what what actual technology you have. How far down can you see? How many IP addresses can can you pick up at one point? How many phone facial recognition photos can you grab? How many, you know, uh, laptop computers can you hack into at the same time? Can you shut down any grids with these things? That's what they want to know. It's all the espionage front. They're not going to show us uh, when it comes to espionage what it is they're going to bury this and that's exactly what it is and it wasn't UFO at all it's this is about espionage and trying to figure out what China's next move is on certain other things and you can you can learn a lot from what those four drones have put out there so no i'm not very i'm not very concerned about it it doesn't surprise me that we're not going to see anything and you know what We might as well forget about the story. They want us to forget about the story. They want us to forget about the balloons. We know it's not alien, so it doesn't really concern what we talk about on this show. But we just need to make sure that whoever is continues to ask questions. Because questions never hurt. Okay, and maybe, just maybe, over the next couple of years, we'll see a FOIA request from John Greenwald to maybe get something released on that.
4: Maybe. Okay. It is frustrating to see them draw such a line in the sand over this, and it makes you wonder on what other topics has that line already been drawn. And so if there is a UFO discussion to be had, have they already made their decision on what information they are going to share? I find that incredibly telling by their handling of this. Absolutely. That's where we're at. Tim, when we
1: return with the UFO report, there's a great sighting in Spain that we're going to get to. And apparently the Pentagon's UFO office wasn't really jam-packed with people until recently. Spaced Out Radio's final half hour with the UFO report Tim Sinor, continues right after this. There we go. We're clear. Yeah, there was a ticking coming through.
4: Weird. Did you Did you hear it? No. No, but if you did, I'm sure your audience did as well. Sorry about that. Am I low or is this no? No,
1: you're sounding great. It was just a. Huh. Because I know it was on your end. Because the minute I muted you, that's then it disappeared
4: weird wild stuff
1: nice hoodie by the way
4: well thanks buddy no problem very comfortable stuff oh yeah i could only find a large bud oh no yeah and i leave you here is gonna be pissed with you it's really hard to find that so nice uh, shirt yeah i did go and look though
1: i appreciate that.
4: we'll see maybe i appreciate that. My, my hunt is not over yet that's
1: okay
4: that's okay so uh, I have, do you think that uh, Bigfoot hibernates if he's like a flesh and blood creature? If Jim
1: Goodall doesn't hibernate, Bigfoot doesn't hibernate.
4: I don't think Jim lives anywhere that he'd have to hibernate.
1: <clears throat> no, I'm just teasing. I wonder that as well. Um, I think this is what I think. I think it has dens either underground or in a cave system, or it can just hop into a different dimension. That's warmer.
4: Interesting. Yeah. It looks like it's built for a lot of different weather, you know, so I uh, would love
1: to, I would love to see a true, uh, hair sample to see if it's anything like deer or elk or moose, because, uh, The reason why those animals, even cows, um, caribou, animals like that, their hair is hollow. So if you Hmm. look at it, like our hair, it soaks up water. Okay? Their hair does not. It runs off like a tarp. That's why, you know, you'll see uh, deer... You know, congregating out in the rain, or cows congregating in the rain, whereas horses or other farm animals like to be under cover, or even a lot of other wild animals like to be under cover because it gets them cold, much like humans. But for for deer, horses and uh, or not horses, uh, maybe some horses, I don't know. Uh, but for deer, they their hollow hair. Um, just doesn't absorb, so it's not like wearing a raincoat.
4: interesting. um, I've watched a few shows where they take eDNA dna samples for Bigfoot and uh, they also find hair samples and things like that, and sometimes the results even come back as inconclusive. but if they don't have anything foundational to consider it against, doesn't um it just lends. Um, you know, the question mark at the end when they still get inconclusive data mm-hmm. on, you know, their eDNA tests. It just, what's the point if it's just going to lead right. to, we don't know. What are you going to compare it to, right?
1: What are you going to compare it to? Oh, goodness. Exactly. I, I, I don't even know
4: because you see it just comes back as inconclusive each time because they're like, well, it's not anything that we can figure out. It's not human. It's not bear or whatever, you know. And so you're just left with that inconclusive data. How does that read for the researcher? He's just like, okay. But
1: is it inconclusive? Like, do we actually know that? You know what I'm saying?
4: Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean... Yeah, it just sticks. It stays in that other category publicly, at least.
1: Exactly. Oh my gosh, sorry for the yawning. I apologize. It's um, okay, bud. we got about a minute to go here.
4: I remember hearing tales of um, the mountains of California being inundated with Bigfoot and the military were even involved. I don't know if you would ever hear any of that stuff, and you are oh, just I- like... Where I heard do you start with things like that.
1: You just, you know what? It all starts with a rumor, and the one thing that I have learned through a lot of this stuff, man, it, it, believe it or not, I learned it in my hockey days when I was covering hockey. A rumor, there's usually something to a rumor. It may not right. happen to your team, but it could have happened. It could happen to a different team. 10 seconds. Thank you to all our super chatters tonight, including Derek and Hatch and Monica. Uh, We're going to get going right now. Here we go. Round third, we're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Hard to believe we already have just half an hour to go. Reminder to all of you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue with the UFO report. Little Timmy Senor is here. And apparently there was quite a UFO sighting, Tim, in the country of Spain. What happened here?
4: Oh, Yeah. So uh, it actually was in Tarifa, Spain, in August of 1989. Okay. And it's a great uh, series of events that took place, and they documented it through the organization called the Institute of Hispanic Ufology that was established in October of 1998 with the appearance of issues called inexplicable, and the organization is currently um, continuing its work with representatives and contributing ed- editors with dozens, dozens of Spanish-speaking countries. Excuse me. And so um, this is a giant UFO that hovered over Tarifa, Spain. And the sighting and description of events took place shortly before August 1st of 1989. A Navy non-com watchman, received a phone call at his family home in the town of Tarifa, Cadiz, and he happened to be on duty that evening. The noncom who was having a peaceful family dinner at the time, answered the phone not knowing that he was about to become the protagonist of a story that would scar him for life. So the voice on the other end of the line was a member of the Guardia Civil, or the Spanish State Police, advising him that some children had reported lights at sea, not so far from shore. So fearful that the lights could be signals from a ship in jeopardy, they advised him of the event so that he could look into the origin of the lights, being the Navy's representative in such a matter. The protagonist hung up the phone and let his hose, following the Castillo, and and left left his house. It's just a spelling error there, sorry. Following the Castillo de Santa Catalina Highway being the highest elevation on the Tarifa coastline from which the observations could be made. His vehicle was rising towards the castle when he reached a plateau halfway up and stopped dead, amazed at the sight his eyes were showing him. He was unable to properly explain the sensations coursing through his body, coming face to face with something completely different from what he had expected. An enormous disk, some 200 meters in diameter, was cruising down the coastline from the direction of the city of Cadiz and at a very high speed. While the size may be an overestimation, it had been estimated to be the size of a biconvex lens and made no sound whatsoever and gave the impression of floating as if gravity were of no consequence. So the giant UFO was lit like a huge white phosphorescent lamp, looking as it did, but not hurting the eyes. It appeared to be solid with well-defined edges without any visible doors or windows. There, were no, there was no noticeably noticeable structures or markings. Nothing but the immense, beautiful lens swaying slightly following the shoreline of the Isle of Tarifa. So the object came to rest directly over the Isle. As if questioning which direction it should follow next. The witness thought it would head for Alburan, crossing the straits, but it was not so. The disc renewed its journey, crossing the sea in a straight line toward the African coast near the city of Quta. At renewed high speed, the UFO followed the shoreline in a direction contrary to the original, making for Cape Espertrail, and then southward toward the Canary Islands, losing itself from the sight. The astonished witness took several minutes to recover from the shock, and then the military man returned home, thinking about how best to inform his superiors of the situation. He filed a report detailing the event, and he assumed that this would cause him more trouble, as the higher-ups might call him into question and question his mental stability and his aptitude for performing his job. The next morning, the non-com visited the Guardia de Civil Headquarters, And without mentioning his own sighting, he asked the officers if they'd heard anything more about the lights reported to the children, and the sighting was made clear that it became apparent to the rest of the career military men that the evaluation was an unidentified flying object and that the case was going to be investigated by GIFO, G-E-I-F-O. And so it has become part of the history there, and multiple reports ended up being filed, and it's one of the biggest that were reported in the country of Spain.
1: Love it. I love reports like this. Uh, You know, I mean, they're so personal. You can, you can feel the, the energy going through that reporting, even from years ago, that it still to this day, rocked the public of that town.
4: Yeah. And the cool thing is, is that it started with a report from children, you know, the children that reported it. And then, They followed up, and sure enough, there it was. And what an amazing sighting. And so these are the kind of historical events that could be repeating themselves even now. We need more of these.
1: I agree. I agree. Let's move on here to another topic with Tim Sinor on the UFO Report. So apparently, up until recently, there were only three staffers at the Pentagon's UFO office until recent weeks what's going on here
4: yeah pentagon's ufo office only had three staffers up until recent weeks the all domain anomaly resolution office arrow was set up by the pentagon in july of 2022 to probe ufo sightings in the u.s dating back to 1945 and so until recently they only had the three full-time staffers and one source close to arrow told daily mail that a bipartisan group of 16 senators wrote to the Pentagon Thursday, asking for more money and staffing for Aero. So the Pentagon office in charge of investigating the UFO topic, like those shot down over Alaska, Michigan, and the Yukon, including UAP and other events, only had three staffers until recent weeks. And so the office allegedly been, sh- been slow to grow and is desperate for funding despite the global spotlight on unknown objects flying in America's airspace. That led to four Sidewinder missiles and takedowns by U.S. jets this month. And so both Democrats and Republicans agree that they have been complaining for years about the U.S. military ignoring UFO reports and the security risks that they entail. And so now a group of 16 senators led by Senator Marco Rubio of Florida and Senator Kent Kristen Kirsten Gillibrand of New York wrote to the Pentagon Thursday asking for more money for Arrow, warning that it's just facing a funding shortfall that will impede its ability to fulfill its mission. And so we are going to definitely see more of this push coming forward while we recognize that there's an administration request for funds in fiscal year of 2023 to fund basic operations and expenses for Arrow. And it's fin currently facing that funding shortfall that will impede its ability to fulfill its mission. And so this letter was including a quote here saying that the amount of outlined in the classified attachment is crucial to Aeroscientific scientific plan, and the lack of funding in these capabilities presents a serious impediments to its mission. The letter adds that the 2024 budget, which all but finalized, does not include adequate funds either. And so the all-domain office, Aero, has set up by the Pentagon last year to probe the unidentified aerospace, I'm sorry, the unidentified objects in the U.S. aerospace and underwater, has taken on offices that had been included in previous times, looking back to even November of 2021. They had only one staff member. And so they'd incorporated that member, and now they're looking for more. And so this is a growing problem that is lacking funding, lacking attention. And so this letter that they wrote just this past week is trying to bring some attention to that gap. And so do you think that this is a good heading that we're going down? Do you think it's really about UFO? Or is it more just funding to dive into possible defense against spy balloons and things like that? What are your thoughts?
1: Well, the first thing that comes to mind here is the fact that We know that threats equal dollar signs. We know that. We've talked about that numerous times on this show. And I'm not a fan of it. I know you're not a fan of it either, Tim. But that's just the way it is. You know, UFOs for dollars is what it should be called. It's like a telethon. However, okay, the fact that the U.S. government has made such a big stink about UFOs or UAP, whatever you want to call them, okay, in order to try and protect American airspace and North American airspace, you can't get things done without people, okay? Now, if this subject is so, so top secret you're telling me that you don't have enough people within the government system that could look into this retired pilots, maybe, or retired random guys or other alphabet agencies that could look into this subject with a clear set of eyeballs to see what is ours and what's not to be able to uh, record these trackables. I mean, this is the reason why Lou Elizondo quit the first place. If you if you believe his story, which I do, okay, where he stated that it's just there wasn't enough people to get the job done, and you know we talk about protecting our land, but most of this stuff that if we're ever invaded, they're not coming with ships anymore. We're going to see them from hundreds of miles, thousands of miles out. What we're not going to see is something hypersonic that is all of a sudden maybe has stealth technology that is racing through the sky to get here. That's what we need to prepare for.
4: Right. The thing is we have seen offices like this in the past and perhaps they haven't had a focus on UFO, but they've been doing the same work that arrow is doing in some of these interagencies. For example uh, in 2008, The late Nevada Senator Harry Reid wrangled $22 million for a program called the Advanced Aerospace Weapons System Applications Program, or OSAP. And after the funding ended and the program folded in 2012, a new program ran out uh, of the Office of the Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence, run by Lou Elizondo, and was started and called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, or ATIP. So when Elizondo quit in 2017, you know, citing that his resignation letter uh, was the failure by the DoD to take seriously the incursions on U.S. airspace by unidentified objects, uh, the Pentagon then set up the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force, right? And so that was renamed again in 2021 as the Airborne Object. Identification and management, management Synchronization Group, remember? Oh, the AOIMSG, right? And then they changed it again and brought us Arrow in 2022. And so we are just going to see this happen over and over again. And the funding is just going to go to that program. We may or may not hear the results. And then, again, something else will come up in the news, and they'll ask for more money to research this topic. Again, never talking seriously about UFO. Exactly.
1: Which is why we even discussed on the roundtable last week, okay, about the difference between a UFO and UAP. And we got heavily into that. Exactly. With, you know, with our panel and, and look, our airspace needs to be protected. It's a scary time out there. Okay. But let's, let's not think for a second, at least in my opinion, that the majority of these threats are, are UFOs. We're going to see more balloons. We will see more drones coming on in. And as technology advances, why not? It's been happening for 60 years We don't need to be surprised, you know, but on the UFO front, Tim, doesn't it make you wonder if they're taking the UFO side seriously or not? Like, I'm confused about this. What's your thoughts?
4: I 100% agree, because even when you hear Senators Gillibrand and Rubio talking on the topic, they're not really talking about UFO. They're talking about funding for programs. And again, those programs, as we know, are very focused on what is floating in our airs. Not the thing that is moving at 65,000 miles an hour. We're not hearing about that. We're not hearing about the trans medium objects. Um, we're only hearing about the balloon-like entities. And so they're leaving out a massive part of the research that they're obviously doing. And let's also consider that maybe some of the other objects that they shot down are within that group of other but we're not going to hear about it it's not the part of the story they want us to know so again it's one way to cover it and who knows but i definitely agree with you that this is not about ufos it never has been um and it's kind of been one of those things that they've been playing that card the whole time that i hate to say it but there is a reality to ufo that they absolutely love and it's nothing more than watch this card while i shuffle some money behind You know, it's very obvious Um, and it's frustrating because there's a reality that they're missing. And I think there, you know, there are some people in Congress that are concerned about that reality. But when they talk about it behind closed doors, I don't think that it's taken very seriously because it's not what we're hearing in the forefront of their concern.
1: And what is that forefront, though? I think that's the question that needs to be asked. What, what is the prerogative of this department? Like you've listed off six or seven different different uh, agencies that have been covering this subject. you know from and I forgot about AIMSOG, to be honest. I, for, I forgot about a, a couple of these. And I mean I don't understand, and maybe it's just logic here, and governments seem to be illogical. I don't understand why you need to rename the group, or eliminate groups and and restart groups as often as we have seen with this. I mean, it's not like it's not like jet fighters where you know you started with an F one, but that failed, so then you go to the F two and that didn't really take off, F three, and then you to finally get to the F four. Then your F five worked. Your F you didn't have an F six or an F seven, but you had an F eight. Okay, yeah,
4: it's clearly to ask for more money when you come when you're when you have a new organization, they're going to need new funding. Right. And so if there was AIMSOG, well, that is now uh, closed. So all the funding for that now is done. We don't we don't need more for that. But now we need money for this, uh, this new program. And so it's it's always uh, the handout, you know, for more money. And so they're going to rename it and retag it and rebrand it until they can get the funding for whatever they're pushing. And I'm believing at this point, it's pretty transparent that they're pushing for the secret programs that, uh, our opponents are using against us and they're using the UFO topic to disguise it so that they can say, Oh, it's, it's secret tech from our, uh, our opponents. And so it's very important for us to focus on that, spend a lot of money on it. And, um, you know, that could have absolutely been the initial directive on all of this from the very beginning. And so let's just consider that. The fact that UFOs danced in it is simply because um, a lot of those objects were unidentified, and so they could legitimately call them UFOs. You know, and so that tags in a lot of interest from the public and people like yourselves and myself. And so it's just one of those things you can remember. When Lou Elizondo spoke on this, he would always dance around UFOs. It was not the focus of his attention, right? And so he didn't speak heavily on it typically.
1: Yeah, with uh, about n- just over 90 seconds to go. I mean, the idea behind this is, you know, are we looking for UFOs? We know they're in our system. We know they're, they are traveling here. We know what people are seeing and the inter- interact- interactions of, you know, what people are having happen to them. So... Are we even interested? Do we even know, Tim, whether or not we are actually interested in solving the UFO phenomena? Or is UAP a good way to shove the UFO phenomena back under the tinfoil covered carpet that we are used to?
4: Yeah, if they were looking for UFO, we would hear that specifically in the wordage of what they were looking for. But instead, they dance around the topic and call it other things and call it UAP and everything else mundane falls into that. And they're very clear about it. So by no means do I think that they are looking for a UFO. They have no interest in it. They are, I don't even think it's in their purview. It's simply a disguise for them to get funding for their programs.
1: Well, you know what? It's the only way we can figure it out is it comes down to money. And I think, I think you hit the nail on the head there, and that's all it really comes down to is money. Yeah. And with money comes opportunity and it becomes jobs. I just hope that uh, somewhere, somehow there is actual money for UFO research. I would like to see
4: that. I think that lies in the public's hands at this point. You know, I really do. I, I don't see big interest coming from the government. I don't see them spending money in a serious way on UFO tech or looking into it i I feel like them briefly looking into the history is just a disguise of interest
1: and on that note we're going to round out the ufo report for tonight tim Sinor. thank you so much we'll talk to you in a couple nights time and if you're on our youtube channel stick around we will have a little bit of overtime with tim and our good friend random guy If we're on the radio side, we're going to say goodnight to you after a great show with Tim, with Swamp Dweller, with our guest Brian Bowden, filling in for Lawn Strickler tonight on Strange Days. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio, rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in. At work, at home, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, Spreaker, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag spaced out radio. I know you're out
0: there somewhere.
1: Remember this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends. Make a mistake. We're We own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Woo Train
3: Start your future at Eastern Shipbuilding Group and begin a new career that offers long-term financial stability, increased wages, bonuses with full benefits. Eastern Shipbuilding, located on the world's most beautiful beaches in Panama City, Florida, has been committed to producing the highest quality vessels for our customers for over 40 years. Now, hiring first-class ship fitters, welders, electricians, pipe fitters, and many more. Offering a relocation bonus and the potential to exceed $80,000 or more for most of our top craft positions with incentive bonuses and overtime. Apply at EasternShip building.com.